You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. You are listening to Any Given Sunday, the Monday edition for Monday, August 9th, 2021. I am your host, Manny Brown, joined as always by my co-host, Josh Rodriguez. Josh, what is good? Manny, what's going on, man? A lot to talk about. What? A lot to talk about. Yes, like, a, is, lot, right? a lot, right? <laughs> a lot. A lot to talk about. What's up with you, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Miami doing some music stuff. I'm going to have some songs. On assignment, as we like to say, yeah, on assignment. I'm, I'm Josh, on assignment. It's the one I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We need to have a, like a, a running gag on the show. Like, where's Josh this week? Like, and just put it on a map somewhere. <laughs> like, it's just matter of fact, your ba- your background should just be a map. It really should be, or just like a picture of Carmen Sandiego with my face imposed on it, or something like that. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen. We're starting a Patreon page soon, and you know we're doing some things. So you know, hopefully, with the support of you guys, we can make this happen, right? You can. We can make like yeah. a nice little graphic in the background. You know, this show blows up, and we can like we can really do this shit. We can really do like some, you know, where in the world is Josh Rodriguez? Like, yeah, this, 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 it's called the crazy thing is like every every week I swear like I'm not gonna go anywhere. Like, all right, I'm in LA for like another five months, and then something happens, and I'm out. And this and and like I don't even know. Like we're co-hosts, we talk like every week, and I don't even know sometimes. Like literally, like they'll be like, oh yeah, you're doing a show. Oh yeah, I'm in uh I'm in Afghanistan right now. Like. <laughs> Okay. Well, <laughs> like, I almost went to Vegas yesterday for a summer league, and exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know. I get it. And then something happened where, like, whatever I was supposed to do just ended up falling through, so I didn't go. So, like, I, I could be in Vegas right now. Which is really no, cool. I get it, man. This is the job. This is the job, man. I get it. I, I understand it. I, I totally understand it, man. But how's everything? Family's good. Everybody's good. Staying healthy. All yeah. that good stuff. Everybody's good. You. Same, same. I just talked to my mom. Like, I hate what I don't know what this is with Latino parents, but like, they just like they always. They, first of all, they don't call. Like, you know how stuff happens in the family. You want people to like reach out and say like, "Oh yeah, your aunt had this, or your or your cousin yes. had this." Like my family, they like I always find out. I joke with them. Like I always find out about shit like three months after the fact. Like literally, somebody could have had COVID and died, and I find out three months after. Like they had a f- funeral and everything. Like, oh yeah, we just buried your uncle. Wait, he died. Wait, like what? <laughs> like that's how so i feel like so that's a latino thing that, that's that's everybody because that's my true too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's like no because i'm like literally having a conversation with my mom and she's just like telling me oh yeah your aunt had to go in they you know she had a ct scan is it you know they think possibly could have a tumor but i'm like what the fuck like she just she just went in the hospital came like oh yeah that was last week and, oh my little cousin had uh or my little nephew had uh covid and you know and then his grandmother and granddad got and they're older and they had it and them two were both in the hospital like what the fuck like who, no one tells me anything yeah i don't get that that's, and then my mom and then, and then my mom's like oh well you don't call us oh i'm sorry i don't call you mom every day like <laughs> at the same time waiting for you to dish right. out information like i'm sorry <laughs> and you're supposed to call like when and when news happens she's supposed to reach out to you like oh this is what right. happened man he can't wait for you to call and then ask about something that happened that you don't even know right happened. like that's how i thought this relationship worked like i thought yeah <laughs> no I, I, I apparently i i've i've gotten this wrong oh man <laughs> apparently apparently man. <laughs> oh man but let's get started it's been a it's been a, well and, and folks first of all i i to tell some folks because some folks actually hit me up last week like where's the show listen we're on our summer schedule here okay yes. 
We are summer summer yeah. So you know, we you know, we're gonna do a couple more shows in August, and there might be every other week in between. You know, we're we're on our summer schedule. We're not gonna go back to our regular full throttle schedule until September, until the NFL season starts. So, you know, just let like just that. putting that out there. You know, it's just we usually would take a hiatus, but you know, since we just started this new format, we didn't want to take a hiatus. So, you know, we're just doing every other week for now. You know, it's okay. Just one month. It's crazy to think that we're in August. Yeah, but we still love y'all. So, you know, we'll be back to every Sunday on in September, you know, start of the NFL season, ready to rock and roll, you know. So, you know, chill out if there's not a sh- show every Sunday. Just got to put that out there. Relax. 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 Yeah. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, relax. Aaron Rodgers. relax. relax. Like, oh, I, oh I, apparently Aaron Rodgers went back to his like decrepit, awful, stupid, you know, team that... You know, he hates the GM and the owner, and he has no wide receivers and no tight ends. Awful squad that only made the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that that team that that team that went twenty six and six over the last two years and two AFC Championship games. But you know, but but you know, apparently he no, I I heard that he went to DC, picked up his his uh, presidential medal of freedom and his purple heart, and (laughs) now is just on the way back to uh, Packers training camp. So he's he's, what a brave man! What a brave uh, brave man! Brave man. Him and Dame. Him and Dame. Brave men. I texted Manny last week. Um, before we we didn't know we were gonna have a show, but I texted Manny last week about the Dame situation. If anybody wants to know our takes on Dame, you can just it's in our video archives, so you can check it out. I was like, yo, you write about Dame. <laughs> you write about Dame. <laughs> just, I, I'm just, I just, I, listen, man, I've been watching this, I've been watching this thing called sports for a long time, man. It's hard to bullshit me, man. It's it's hard to really like get me to a point where you like I feel like you're bullshitting me like Dame yeah. Dame so just like just be honest man just be honest like just say you want out man that's it that's, that's all that's all that's all I want man I just want these athletes to be to just be accountable and be honest man that's all that's all that's all I ask for <sighs> all right not enough pot shots because I've got my own uh, issues to deal with where do we start man we start with the verses or we start with the Mets we start we gotta start Let's with the Mets. Right? We gotta start. With you got this is a therapy session, man. You need to let it out. Oh man, you need to let it out, man. Because I've been following you on Twitter. Obviously, I've, I've always followed you on Twitter, but like you've been popping up on my Twitter timeline. <laughs> like every, it's like a it's like a heart attack every other tweet. <laughs> it's a it's a custom. <laughs> like you just cursing someone new out. It's crazy because it's just like it's just like I, yeah, the Mets and the Jets. This is the only teams that really bring this out on me. It really does. Like I'm I'm much calmer for Lakers and Duke. Nebraska football, or like, I'm, I'm much calmer for these. The Rangers, I'm much calmer for these things. But you know, the Mets and the Jets, for obvious reasons, right? They just bring it out of me. Just bring it out of me, man. Where do I start? Oh my God! Can so, I tee you up? Uh, I'll tee you up. I'll sure, tee go you ahead. Tee me up. Tee me up. Tee me. So up. The Mets have been the Mets have been in first place all season. For those of you who haven't watched baseball, pretty much all season, they have not pretty been much. in second place since like May. I think it's been. I'm not sure. Yeah, since May around that. From from May eighth to last Friday, which was what the sixth. Yeah, the Mets were in first place. So that was like about ninety something days. So they are on this just—I wouldn't say losing, but they—they're they're, losing streak because they haven't lost. They have lost consecutive games, but it's not like they won't lost like twelve in a row. But you know they've just been losing lately. And Degrom's on the IL, on the IR. Uh, so is Syndergaard. You know, pitch, pitching staff's not there. Just acquired Baez, who you know hits a home run in his first first game. But outside of that, I really, from what I know, haven't been doing much. And you know, it just turns out that they had this series with the Philadelphia Phillies over the weekend, who pretty much caught them who came from behind in the NL East, and there was a series this weekend, New York Mets, Philadelphia Phillies, to decide first place in the NL East. And to my understanding, the Mets got swept, right? 
Yes, we, we got swept. We're one in six in our last seven games. Yes, we're one in six. We lost uh, a four-game series to the Marlins where we only won one game. To the lowly Marlins, by the way. And then against the Phillies. And, that, and, 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 and you know what bothers me the most about this whole situation? Is that it's not like we're in a division where we're battling this like juggernaut in the, <laughs> the Rays or we're battling the White Sox or we're battling the Houston Astros. The fucking Phillies, like really, that team is not that good. That's what bothers me. It's like they're not even that good. Like they're literally not even that good. Like honestly, like even now we're more talented than the Phillies, but yeah. we're just we're just playing terribly. Like our pitching staff has cratered. Yeah. Um, you know, our offense is ter- like literally the offense is just a joke. It's a joke. Me and you could literally be a more productive offense. Then I believe what it. the Mets put out this year. I'm a pretty good leadoff hitter. I'm probably better than Lindor right now. <laughs> Howard says the problem with the Mets Lindor's is way too streaky. Way too streaky, says Howard. Comment on YouTube. Uh, yeah, streaky. Streaky is <laughs> an understatement. The Mets are way too much of anything right now. They're, yeah. they're just too They're too shitty. They're too inconsistent. They are too streaky. No, honestly, I wouldn't even say they're too streaky. I mean, this is this has been an all-season thing. It's not even it's not even the the, the, the offense has been bad this entire year. And it's and it was something that you could stomach because the Mets were in first place. They were playing well, even with the injuries. You know, the, the famed bench mob came in and they didn't skip a beat. And now the chickens are coming home to roost. You know, now the yeah. pitching has kind of fallen back a little bit because of the, the Degrom injury. And you know, Taiwan Walker completely has fallen off a cliff. And you know, Strowman, I like Strowman. I like his personality. I like I like what he brings to the team. He's a bulldog. He's a leader. But he's a five inning pitcher. You know, and it's like you can't. You know, first of all, you can't be a bulldog and you're only going to pitch five innings. Number one, number <laughs> like, like, let's just start there. And then number two is just like again, Tyron Walker's falling off the cliff. You know, um, Carlos Carrasco had basically missed the first half of the season with the with the hamstring injury, and so they're slowly working him back in. Obviously, Degrom has had setback after setback after setback. Who the hell even knows? Like, I'm honestly thinking we're not even going to see Degrom the rest of this year. You know, maybe maybe the last few weeks of you know last couple weeks of september maybe if we're being it's the Mets, so i'll never be optimistic so we'll probably won't see deworm the rest of the year and then lindor's been out i i I will say this i think that lindor being out was the one injury the mets could not sustain even the grom even the grom has been out the pitching has still been for the most part okay besides tyron walker everybody else has pitched fairly well stroman's pitched okay we had this kid tyler mcgill who came up and has been a godsend until his last two starts you know so the pitching has sustained itself the bullpen for the most part outside of edwin diaz who's terrible um has sustained itself He's yeah, he's bad. still bad. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the other thing with Edwin Diaz, right? That's the other thing with Edwin Diaz. Edwin <laughs> Diaz kills me because all the all the the the, the, the stats look great. He's got stri- his whip, his strikeouts per nine, like all these other things, right? But then it's like anybody anybody who's real with themselves, watch Edwin Diaz pitch. Would you trust that guy with your life? Would you trust that guy with your kids? Every time I see no. Edwin Diaz pitch, I'm not a Mets fan, but every time I see Edwin Diaz pitch, like he he's, he blows the lead. And this is like the, two years ago when he first joined them, when they when they acquired him for the Mariners, and he was like a big free agent acquisition, <laughs> yes. or whatnot. Yeah. He was supposed to be like this godsend. Closer. Big trade, big trade acquisition. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. a trade. Who we traded? Um, who we traded our? Who, who we traded our? Basically, our number one or number two prospect for. And yeah, that's although he's not pay, he's not playing that well in Seattle anyway. But still, it's it still hurts yeah. that you basically gave up this young potentially great player in Jared Kelnick for Robinson Cano, who who's popped for PD. So he's gone all year and basically is never going to play again for the Mets and right. Edwin Diaz, who 
who makes Armando Benitez look like Mariano Rivera. I shit you not. Literally. Like, I have more faith in Armando Benitez. That's sad. That's sad. Oh, How to get the best thing is that they came out and said Rojas' job is safe. Like, what? The dude has been in first since May, and now you want him fired. Listen, I, I can't even blame Rojas. Like, look, is he is he is he Joe Torre out there? No, you know, is he Lou Pinella out there? No, is he Miller Huggins? No, but I don't. I can't even blame Rojas. Like, and I'm not even a big fan of Rojas, but but I, I can't blame him. This team, it just looks so <laughs> lifeless. I mean, the, the approach, bro. This weekend, bro, that at bats were terrible. You know, grounding into double plays. We got the runner in scoring position thing is. I have I've just never seen it where a team is just <laughs> so bad with runners in soaring position. It, like it literally is a joke. Like, bro, just be thankful you don't watch. You don't have to watch this shit. Like it's just it's no, so just, infuriating. It's I mean, so I, infuriating. I since Chili Davis was kind of that the problem we fixed. Oh, oh, don't get me started on Chili Davis. <laughs> you, you know you fire Chili Davis. Oh, Chili Davis is he's this old school guy, antiquated approach. Yeah. We want to bring in the new analytical approach and all that. How's that working out? They're worse. They're worse. They are worse than they thought, ever were under Chili Davis. Chili's gone. I thought yeah, it was I fixed. Thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought the problem was fixed. It was all Chili Davis's fault. It was you know it wasn't you know it wasn't you know. It wasn't hitters inconsistencies or approach. No, it's all Chili Davis. Blame Chili Davis. You fired Chili Davis basically a month into the season, bringing this stiff you quadum bomb, whatever the fuck his name is. Like you bring this guy in, and it's like they're they've literally gotten worse. And that's the frustrating thing. It's like if it were if it was subpar players or below average players, you could make the case. Okay, it is what it is. They're playing up to their talent level. But Dom Smith is better than this. Jeff McNeil's better than this. Michael Conforto. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Michael Conforto. Like he looks. I like thought Mike. He, I thought he had listen. Like, uh, his swing was like the most beautiful thing since you know beautiful swing, but he did yeah, but he's the king. He's he's the king of the fly ball. That's all he does. It's just the king of the fly ball right there. He's just a oh oh another fly ball to to the right fielder. Uh, no, Michael Conforto. Listen, between Dennis Schroeder and Michael Conforto at the year end of this year, we're going to be having an honest conversation about who really fumbled the bag worse, Michael Conforto, or Dennis Schroeder. Jesus Dennis Schroeder did. I'm sorry because Dennis Schroeder was yeah, at least Dennis offered Sh- something. Hey, listen, Conforto, my, listen, there were talk there were talks about Michael Conforto wanting um you know two hundred million. Listen, all I will say is to Michael Conforto, you better take the qualifying offer. But was he no, offered? he wasn't offered. He yeah, wasn't offered. Dennis Schroeder was offered eighty six million dollars and and it does not have a team right now. Whew, man, it's hey, listen, Brutal. you gotta fire your agent after that one. Oh, after that listen. You got to fire your agent. That that's that's a fireable offense right there. But um, let me, let me ask you about uh Pete Alonso and his quote after the game. <laughs> Listen, I got to believe, I right? Get what, believe. I get I get what he was trying to do there. I get what he was trying to do, but I think the problem with Pete Alonso and the problem with a lot of just athletes in general is, especially in the Northeast, is like these athletes. I get why they're wired the way that they are because. You know, especially in baseball, it's an everyday thing. It's different than basketball. You know, you know, the Lakers lose a tough game. LeBron's going to be pissed off after, after the game. He's going to have to play, you know, Thursday. Like, so you get a couple days to kind of let it, you know, whatever. Baseball, it's right. an everyday thing. So, you know, you have to almost have a short memory in that regard because you're back out there tomorrow. You're back out there two nights from now. You know what I mean? That being said, you go one and six in your last seven games. You, you, you're, I forget what the, I think they're like, I, I don't even I remember I don't remember the record off the top of my head, but they have a below 500 record since the All Star break. Um, they've been struggling. The injuries have really started to catch up with them. And you give a quote like that to the media after you basically get swept by your rival and you do nothing offense, like you literally do nothing offensively, nothing. I mean, P, you know, Pete Alonso, who came up to the plate on Saturday night, five three, 
you know, two guys on and you struck out on three straight pitches. Like, I, mm. I, I'm sorry. I can't hear about you got to believe statements and, you know, right. just just believe, but not just believe. No, just no. Like, no, what? Motherfucker. No. <laughs> I, you know what I do know? You guys are terrible runners to score position. <laughs> That's what I do know. I know that. Let's, call, let's start oh. there. I know that. Jesus, like I just it's 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 uh, mind-boggling. And then what pisses me off is and, and it's not just the players, it's the organization. Right. Also coming off a week where we basically tried to we, we fumbled it royally with Kumar Rocker. Oh, let's get into that, please. Oh, oh my god. Listen, what happened? Started, first of all, the Mets no, tried to get to oh, what happened? What happened? First of all, nine other teams passed on Kumar Rocker because they thought they had concerns with his elbows, right? Concern right. with his elbow. The Mets went up there, sprinted up to the podium to draft him. And then when it comes time to sign him, oh, well, he's got, he's got, he's got. The Mets didn't find out anything new that anybody else. Let's, I'm, I'm going to tell you the first thing. First of all, Stanley Alderson does not like Scott Boris, which is, which is Kumar Rocker's agent. So already there's an animosity there. Number one. Number two, the Mets tried to get cute. The Mets tried to get cute because they felt like, oh, okay, look, we're going to lowball this guy. We're going to offer him below slot. He's going to have to take it, or we're going to win anyway because he can't go to college and he's not going to go. And he's not going to go play in the independent league. And we get an we get a val we get an we get a pick of similar value the next year. So the way it works is, if you can't get your pick, you have a deadline to sign. You know, let's say Josh Rodriguez is the tenth pick by the Mets. So okay. you have you know, a month basically to sign that pick to to come to some sort of agreement. If you can't work out the agreement the, per CBA, then the Mets get compensated with a pick in the next year's draft of equal value. So the so Mets next year get an 11th pick Got it. in the draft. Right? So now the Mets next year have two first-round picks. So the Mets tried to get cute. The Mets tried to say, oh, okay, well, we can't sign him because he's got issues and we're not going to offer him you know, what he wants. I think it was a, there was a difference of $6 million, basically. So the Mets couldn't, didn't want to give him the extra $6 million that he wanted. So they didn't sign him. And they knew they, they knew they basically had all the leverage because, hey, if they don't sign him, they get that, they have that extra pick in the right. bag. So they could say, okay, well, we just, we just struck out on Kumar Rocker. We'll just get an extra pick next year and we're, and we're Gucci. They tried to get too cute and it blew up in their face. And all the public opinion is shitting on the Mets. They, 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 they just oh my god I can't believe it. Listen, I'm sure that there there are issues with Komar Rocker's elbow and and I get the concern, but that's a generational talent that you have right there. You've got to do whatever it takes to get him signed. And plus, let's say he does need Tommy John. Every fucking pitcher that you get now basically needs Tommy John. So what is right. so what are you so what are you doing? You're equivalent over six million dollars? Like seriously? Like what? Who let Jeff Wilpon back in the building? <laughs> That's that's why you got your new. That's why you were excited about the new owner because six mils just yeah whatever. Oh, and listen, I like Steve Cohen, but Steve Cohen needs to shut the hell up. First of all, he goes on Twitter and basically likes to lecture Mets fans about positivity and positive energy. Shut the fuck up. This isn't a stock. <laughs> this isn't stock advice. This isn't you know um you know I don't need you know hedge fund advice. This is a baseball right. team. I have to watch this shit every night. <laughs> pay my hard earned money. I pay MLB.tv. Literally paying a hundred dollars a year for this crap. And these guys can't hit. Like yo, this is the craziest shit. Ever. Like it cannot hit. It is infuriating. It is infuriating. We can't listen. We got Ranger Suarez out there who's a closer starting. Closer. Who oh they've converted to a starter. We can't get him out. We can't touch oh. him. You know, we've got, you know, Kyle Gibson, the immortal Kyle Gibson, who the who the twins and the Rangers and all these teams, he's been a sniff forever. He's an oh. all-star this year. Give him credit. But you know, Kyle Gibson, the immortal Kyle Gibson, who's giving them the game on a platter. Can't touch Kyle Gibson. No, oh, God. But then, but I got Pete Alonso telling me I need to believe. I need to believe, and not not just believe. No, 
know that they're going to get it done. <laughs> and then, of course, after the game, you got Luis Rojas, too. You know, right. oh, well, these guys are doing like, stop. Enough with the quotes. Listen, everybody out there who thinks I'm being irrational, go look up Terry Collins. The Terry Collins, that, that Terry, that, that's what the fuck fans want to hear. And I'm not even a big Terry Collins fan. I have my issues with Terry Collins. Lord knows. But, but that's the thing I never, ever shitted on Terry Collins about. That guy understood it he got it he understood yeah. the assignment of being a coach a manager whatever sometimes you just gotta flip a table over you gotta tear some shit up and 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 i don't even say for performative reasons like you gotta get angry and even in the press conference you gotta get angry you gotta fire that team up man like this they, they, that's the part that looks that's the part as a fan that's very frustrating is that they look lifeless they look like they quit like yesterday against wheeler they just looked like they just they just had no they had no answer they just they just knew they were beat from the first inning on they just knew. And that's and that's the that is the disconcerting part. That's the part that really frustrates you. That just like, you know, they just this team just really, really just gave up because it's just like they didn't they didn't even put forth the effort to try to battle, hang in there. If we lose two nothing or we lose three nothing, but you put good bats together, you get Wheeler out of the game in the sixth inning or something like that. I'm still upset, but at least I live and say, okay, right. they put they put at bats together, but they didn't. And then it's, and then I forgot who else. I think Pete Alonso said we're hitting into hard luck. No, you're not. You're not making contact. You're not making contact. It's not like you're hitting rockets and they're getting caught at the warning track. You're not making contact, Pete. I, I just I, I, I sometimes I wonder what these baseball players they they what do they. What are they? Are they like? And I, they all regurgitate the same thing. Oh, well, we got to keep grinding. We got to keep grinding. We got to keep grinding. If this is grinding, then y'all need some DW, some WD forty or some shit. Like <laughs> them gears is them gears is terrible. Like that shit is y'all need some work bad. Like, it's it's just it's just bad, man. It's just frustrating. I don't want to make this a rant in a in a bitch session, but it's just, and it's I'll be honest, bad, man, man. I, I didn't even know they were in third. I thought they were. In, I just looked at the standings. They're in third place. They literally went from first place <laughs> to third place. The Braves are missing half their team, half their team, and that's another thing too. That's the other thing that pisses me off. Right at the deadline, everybody said the Mets. Well, a lot of people said the Mets needed. You know, there was kind of a split. Amongst Mets, Mets fandom, a lot of people wanted Chris Bryant because they, obviously the, the offense. But I kept saying it. I want another. I, like I like the Javi Bias pick, although Javi Bias, my God, Jesus Christ, Javi Bias just. I I think I tweeted this on Saturday. Javi Bias just goes up to the plate. No approach, just vibes. Literally just vibes. No approach. It's just like he's just up there, and it's like, yo, I'm gonna get a hit. I'm in a home run, or I'm gonna strike out. That I, right. like, that just vibes. It works yeah, out sometimes, just, and sometimes it just works out sometimes. I, like I like I like Javi. I like the fire he brings. I love the passion he brings. But goddamn, Javi, bring some approach. Work a walk for time to time. Oh, something. Jesus, I mean, he struck out on some pitches that literally you're just like, like how? How? Why? Like, what did you see there? Like, what? Like, what was the? It's like he like already thinks he knows I'm swinging at this pitch. Like, there are some players sometimes I'm like I'm going to swing at this pitch no matter what, wherever it's at. Yeah, and that's literally what he is. That's uh, honestly the it. I honestly think it's more impressive that a guy like Javi Baez is as successful and as great of a player as he is with the obvious warts in his swing that he has. Yeah. Like it's easy for Mike Trout because he's such a disciplined hitter, right? But it's like hobby bias. The fact that you've been able to have the career that you have, it, the fact that you were almost won an MVP a couple of years ago, that you you've you've hit 40 home runs, you know, close to 40 home runs in a season, all these other things. Like, and just be like, why would anybody pitch to this guy? Why would anybody pitch to him? Just throw it in the dirt. <laughs> Like literally, he's going to help you. He's he is going to make your job easier. You don't have to give him anything to hit. 
anything at. But I was going to the deadline. Like I was obviously I was happy with the with the bias pick because when Javi is on, that's the thing about Javi. You know, I know the 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 comment says the Mets are streaky, but he is the epitome of the Mets. Like he is a streaky as can be player. Like Javi's a guy that for six weeks he can carry you. He can hit thirty home runs and carry you in six weeks. Like that's he's what he can do. And then he goes on, and then he goes in a slump for six weeks, and you just think he's just the worst player in baseball. Like that's how Javi Baez is. But Javi Baez is, is when he's on, he's an incredible talent. So I wasn't, I didn't, I, and plus what we had to give up to get him wasn't much, right? Yeah. The issue was that we didn't go out and reinforce this pitching staff. I said it. The Mets need more pitchers. They need a couple arms. Rich Hill can't be the only pitcher you're bringing in. Rich Hill's 41, and he's a five-inning pitcher. You already got a lot of guys on this for, on this team already. Stroman's another one, five-inning pitcher. Why are you going to bring in Rich Hill, who's another five-inning pitcher? This, right. it, you got you need some innings eaters. Like you need some guys. Like, look, I get that they weren't going to get Barrios. The price was going to be too much for that. You know, the, the, with the with the twin with the Blue Jays gave up to get Barrios. I get it, but Jesus Christ. Um, so you weren't going to get Barrios. You weren't going to get Scherzer. Scherzer wasn't coming here. That was done. But you could have gotten a Tyler Anderson. You could have gotten somebody else out there. You could have gotten a couple. You could have gotten a John Lester. You could have gotten a couple of guys that could have at least, you know, get it to a guys. And I know it's unfair because they didn't LeBron hadn't DeGrom hadn't suffered that setback that he just recently suffered till after the after the deadline. So it's easy to say that now in hindsight, obviously they didn't know that the ground was going to be shut down again. That being said, I think you needed to at least get an, another another pitcher. I, I said it. I think they need another pitcher, maybe two in the rotation. And I think they definitely, desperately need another arm in that bullpen. And they didn't get either. They didn't get either. And now it's and now and 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 that's the thing. There is no waiver wire deadline like there used to be in, in years prior. They got rid of that. So there's no. So this is it. Like this is your team. I mean, maybe yeah. you can get some guy off of waivers. You know. Call a guy up and catch lightning to buyer, sign some guy in free agency that's that's hasn't latched on, but that's pretty much it. Like this is the team. So if the ground doesn't, I mean, Syndergaard is just now throwing to live batters off a mound. So he still hasn't even started a rehab start. So who knows what who knows with Syndergaard? I we probably won't even see Syndergaard this year. I, I don't know. I don't know. You probably will, but it'll probably be September, but who knows? Lindor is still uh, fighting his way back from the oblique. He might start a rehab assignment next week. So who knows? We will definitely get Lindor back, but it might be too late. It might be too late. It it probably won't just because this division is so bad and it's, it's so tough around down. 500, man. Stay yeah. around 500. The issue, the issue that I have with the Mets and the issues that I have being positive with the Mets right now is like, it's just hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel because where are the reinforcements coming? Right. DeGrom, or is he is he going to be healthy? I don't know. Is Syndergaard? Who the hell knows? I can't count on Syndergaard. Who the hell knows? He hasn't pitched. He hasn't pitched in a year. So I I I don't know what to expect from Syndergaard even when he's out there. You know he's not going to give you five six innings from the start. You know at best he's probably going to be three to four innings and work him way work his way in slowly. You know Carrasco is going to be stretched out eventually. So eventually he'll be in a position to, to to give you innings, but not right now. Where's the Where's they have nobody in the system? They got the kid Trevor Williams from Chicago that they got that they have a Triple A. Maybe he can come and provide a spark. Maybe that's kind of the only ace you have left. Other than that. I don't know. I mean, unless you're just going to really just say, you know what? Fuck it. Just throw something against the wall and see if it sticks and bring a kid up from double A or bring a kid up from high A and just say, I mean, that's the other thing too. It's like, why don't you tap into the minors? We got some young bats in the minors and in double A, like bring them up, see if they spark the team. I remember in 2015, Conforto came up and he, you know, he played well for a couple of weeks and sparked, you know, he helped spark the team. It wasn't just Conforto, it was Cespedes and and Kelly Johnson and Uribe, but Conforto was a part of it. Conforto was a, Two yeah, yeah, two more in the World Series. Yeah. yeah. Bring Brett Beatty up. Bring Mark Vientos up. They can't be any worse than JD Davis and, and Jonathan VR. They can't. 
JJ Davis is still on the team. <laughs> this listen, I was wrong about JD Davis. 2019, he broke out. He had a great, he had a great three and a half months in 2019. I thought, oh my God, this guy's gonna be legit. I had con- I had the same concerns. He doesn't really have a position, and he's just been he's been awful since then. He has his moments. You know, JD Davis has his mo- like JD Davis is the ultimate cock tease, right? Because he'll have he'll have a three or four game stretch where he just hits bombs. Like, and you know. That- He's the right-handed Lucas Duda. I mean, it's exactly what he is. <laughs> At least Lucas Duda had a position. He he played first base. Like JD Davis, he's not a third baseman. Pretty much not a first base. He's not an outfielder. He's pretty much a first base slash DH kind of guy. He needs to latch onto an American League team. His is his best suited role. Uh, but you know, JD Davis is a guy that gets hot for a couple days, and you think, oh my god, this guy's going to do it for you for for a long stretch, and he's not that guy. He's he, he JD Davis is better as a platoon player. Put a left-handed bat with him, and you just let him punish right, you know, left-handed pitching. But yeah, it, listen, we got problems, man. I, that's the, I don't want to make this, you know, oh, whoa, it's us too much because you know, like I said, there's still 50, 51 games, and that's the other thing too, the schedule. The other thing that people don't talk about this streak of of Mets first place, this ninety-day streak. Our schedule was shit. Like we didn't play anybody. You know, we, we got really lucky. We also had a lot of rainouts. So we had a lot of seven inning double headers. So that actually helped. So we didn't really play anybody. Now the schedule, I mean, you've got basically for the next two weeks, you've got Dodgers, Giants, Dodgers, Giants, and then you got a series with the Brewers. That's two, that's three of the best teams in the National League. Oh my God. <laughs> they got a road trip where they're going to LA and San oh. Francisco back to back. Like, that's, that's I might catch death. Maybe I'll catch, I'll catch yeah, a game. Yeah, they'll, they'll, be, they'll, be, they'll be in last place by then, but, you know, don't worry. <laughs> So, yeah, the schedule picks up. Now, listen, it's baseball. Anything can happen. Watch the Mets now. You know, everybody's riding kind of off. They'll, 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 they'll find a way to play up to the Dodgers and play well and win a couple games in that series because that's, that's just baseball, right? That's what they do. But That's what yeah. they do. But, yeah, it, honestly, the schedule the schedule gets tough. It, it, it gets really tough. And, I, and that's what I think a lot of Mets fans are kind of doom and gloom today is because, A, you don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel with the reinforcements. And – the schedule. The schedule is murderous, man. I mean, you've got the Giants, the Dodgers. The Giants, not so much because I don't really believe in the Giants pitching, but you got to give them credit. They are, they have the best record in the National League for a reason. So you got to give them the credit. You know, and the Dodgers are the Dodgers. I mean, so yeah. And then the Brewers can't be ignored either. The Brewers, Brewers are a solid team. So yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. Well, listen, man. I'm glad you got it off of your chest. That was a full therapy session. Yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> that was a uh, hour session. That was that was a. Uh, <laughs> I sound like I sound like an overnight guy at WFAN, man. Like just, <laughs> that's your demo right there, man. We're gonna send that into WFAN <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, it's just it's just frustrating, man. It's just frustrating because it's like the season started off to so much excitement and buzz, and you know, rightfully so. And it's just like, it feels like over the last two weeks, really, really since July, since the calendar turned to July, the Mets have really just struggled. They, you know, they had that series before the break against the Pirates where, you know, they lost that game, that Sunday game where Familia imploded, you know. And then, of course, yeah. coming out of the break, they lost two out of three to, to, to 
the Pirates, and then you know you you kind of felt like they were getting it back on on track. They want to they they won a good series against the Reds. They played well against the Blue Jays. You know they played well against the Blue Jays. You felt like they were getting it on track, and then over this last week, I mean, you can't you can't lose three out of four to the Marlins. You just can't. I'm sorry. That's, I, that's, I, see, that was what I was gonna say. I was gonna say like because you mentioned their schedule coming up, that was really tough. And I was like, yeah, I just saw them lose three out of fourteen to a, to a Triple A ball club, bro. I went yeah, to a you, Yankee Marlins game. Um, I'm down in Miami. I went to a Yankee Marlins game. And I looked at, like, you know, on the scoreboard, it shows you all the players in the lineup. That, yeah. I was like, who the? F- I don't know anybody on the Marlins. And listen, I don't watch baseball as much as I used to. So that has a lot to do with it. But at the same time, you'd think I recognize at least one or two players. I didn't recognize anybody. And I'm like, oh, well, it's August. So this is probably a lot of call ups or the beginning of the call up season. And yeah, they're probably playing a triple A team right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Now the Marlins, the Marlins are one of those sneaky teams because they have pitching. That's the one thing about the Marlins; they have a really good pitching staff. So that's the, that's honestly the team you don't want to face in these kind of situations because yeah. they, you know, anytime you have pitching, you're in the fight. You have a chance. You know, if you pitch could keep it close for six innings and you just hope and pray that you're running up against a cold team, you know, you can you could probably sneak a couple wins out of it. So the Marlins are not a great, not a, not a great foil in this regard. You'd rather play a team like the nationals. You'd rather play a Rockies team or something like that. Not the Marlins who have great pitching, but yeah, you can't lose three out of four. I mean, Lewis Brinson, really Lewis Brinson, who's done nothing his entire career. He's been a bust of a prospect. Lewis Brinson is hitting grand slams in the first inning. I mean, this is the shit that I've been watching for the last week. Like, it's like, really seriously, it's fucking seriously. Oh my god, man! Nice ballpark, though. It was, it's a lot cooler than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be a mess, but I went there and I was like, "Oh, it's pretty cool." God bless yeah. them. God bless the Marlins. They 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 still exist for a reason. For reasons. God bless them. God bless them. <laughs> the New York Giants of the NFL. Shout, shout out to <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, bro, so many Giants that, fans get pissed so off true, when I said that. When so so many Giants fans get so pissed off when I say that, it's man. So oh true. my god, they get they get in their feelings so bad, bro. Oh, like it's just it's not even it's not even funny. It's not even yeah, no, yeah. But yeah, listen, Mets fans. I wish I can. I wish I could be a beacon of hope and uh, positivity, as as Pete would like us to be, or, or our great owner Stephen Co- Stephen Cole. As he gives off his uh, hedge fund advice, um, you know, I wish I could be, you know, this this beacon of positivity, but I just I can't be right now, man. I mean, you played so, sh- and that's the thing. The runner, the thing, honestly, the schedule, you know, all that. The thing that's most concerning is the fact that the offense just has not gotten better. And at some point, you just have to tell yourself, listen, this is this is this is what we are. We are who we are. You know, shout out Denny Green, R.I.P. Denny Green. Like, we are who we are. You know, we are who we are. You are what your record says you are. That was Bill Parcells, I think. Uh, Bill Parcells said that. I, you know, like you are what your record. You are you are what your record says that you are. And right now, we're a f- barely a 500 team, and our offense is shit. That's what we are. Like we can't keep using the excuse. Oh, it's early. These guys are going to perform. Are they? I don't know. Conforto might just be bad this year, and we just have to accept that. And that's the thing. That's the thing about it. Like what I want to see most in it, most. Of, Luis Rojas will tell will show me something if he shakes it up. Listen, tell Conforto, dude. I'm sorry. I I you're you're now in a platoon situation, Brandon Jury. Like yeah. I can't throw you out there every night and you're just flailing at pitches. Same thing with JD Davis. Again, bring up Mark Vientos. Just do it for a couple weeks. See what you get with the kid. Maybe you catch lightning in the bottle. He gets hot. He he sparks the team. Stranger things have happened, you know? It, it, it can happen. Just just do something. That's what Met fans want to see. When your team is struggling like this, you want to see something done. 
That's the biggest thing. You want it, you, you, I, I promise you, I'm going to lose my shit tomorrow if there's just no changes. Literally the same lineup that we rolled out there for Philly, like tomorrow. Okay, guys, let's go get them against the Nationals. Like, no, like you got to, somebody make a change. And sometimes you got to make a change for, sake, for the sake of making a change. Sometimes you just have to say, you know what, for a couple of days, I'm going to play a couple guys and see what happens. See if I can spark the team. Well, Manny, I mean, I'm sure I'll be on Twitter and I'll get all the updates I need. <laughs> Mind you, Josh oh, is a Yankee man. fan, so, you know. Hey. I'm talking about two teams going in opposite directions. I mean, the Yankee fan, the Yankees, are, I, they're injured as hell. I know a lot of people are on the COVID list right now. I think, I think it's been like 15 players that have you know been on the DL. Yeah, since they've got, break, you know, it's one, one thing, it's another with the Yankees. It's the whole COVID has kicked you guys' ass this year. Yeah, you know, Anthony Rizzo's now the Anthony Rizzo, who was a godsend for you guys. Now he's on the list with with uh, with COVID. Oh, he's gonna, he's another guy in Monument, in Monument Park already. He's already. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a Yankee for life. He's yeah. a Yankee for life now, apparently. Yeah, no, the Yankees have, the Yankees have really turned it around. Um, they're in a tough division and they're in a tough wild card race too because you got the A's, yeah. you got the Red Sox, you got the Rays, you've got um, the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays are the X factor. I really do. I think that's gonna be scary too. if they get, if they if they figure it out. I, and the George Springer's getting hot. I think I think the Blue Jays are an X factor. I really do. Um, and the other thing about the Yankees, like I still don't love you guys as pitching. Like the Yankees pitching did not so you know everybody's gaga about Rizzo and Gallo. Yay, they finally got left-handed hitting. No, it's the whole left-hand, the whole yeah. left-handed hitting in, in Yankee Stadium thing. I get, I get it. Statistically, they do need left-handed hitting in that ballpark, but I feel like it's a little bit too overblown. Like the reason that the Yankees were, but then I see Joey Gallo hit a pop-up to right field and it ends up being a game-winning home run. And I'm like, oh, well, that's no, no, I get it. No, I, no, listen, it's, it's, it's one of those things that gets overblown though. Like yeah. the, the Yankees didn't lose in 2017 because they didn't have left-handed hitting. You know, the Yankees right, right. haven't struggled this past year because they have left-handed hitting. The Yankees struggled this year because they have, it, it just well, they're just poorly constructed. That's yeah, the issue well, that's with the Yankees. Like, they they don't put the bat, their, their lineup doesn't, you, you got to put the bat on the ball. Like teams. Yeah. They're just, the they're an all or nothing team. They're an all or nothing team. Yeah, and they're poorly constructed. Yeah, they are good pitching, and you just put the ball in play. Like teams like the Rays last year, like the Giants when they were winning World Series, it was just you know just put the ball in play and see what happens. You got to yeah. put the ball in play. Yeah, it's, yeah and the Mets simple. are like this too. The Mets yeah. are like this too. The Mets are somewhat poorly constructed too. But you know the Yankees. I mean the Yankees basically have seven guys that are the same. You know yeah. Gary Sanchez, Giancarlo, Aaron Judge. Now you have the left-handed version of those two guys, and Anthony. It's a little strong with Anthony Rizzo because Anthony Rizzo's. Right. Whatever. But but you know, Joey Gallo is basically a left-handed Aaron Judge. It's like essentially what he is. Not as good, but not as consistent, but he's basically a left-handed Aaron Judge. Like they have so many of the same guys yeah. that you know they're just a poorly constructed team. Yeah. And the only guy I trust really situationally or just to put the bat in the ball is really LeMayhew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he hasn't even had and that great of a season. I mean, yeah. Exactly. So it's yeah. just but I think the issue with the Yankees is gonna come down to the pitching staff. I just don't believe the Yankees have enough pitching. They probably have enough pitching to maybe sneak into the wild card. Yeah. But I don't think they have enough to do anything else. The, the rotation, you know, Jamison Tyon, Herman's now hurt, I think, or on a yeah. COVID list. Yeah, I just don't love their pitching outside of Cole. And their bullpen is not as good. Their bullpen is not as good. It's not as Man, deep. bullpen's an awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chapman. Chapman's better at, you know, beating women than he is getting big outs now at this point. But, you know. Oof. Yeah. That's another thing. I, 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 go back to the Mets real quick. Well, I, I promise we'll, we'll shift gears now. Okay. Like, the, the fucking Adubo Herrera hits a big ass home run against the Mets. Fucking sick to my stomach. It's fucking wife beater over here, and he's 
fucking hitting mammoth shots in that stupid little ballpark in Philly. Literally, you think you think it's bad in Yankee Stadium? Like Philly is just embarrassing. I've been, yeah, I've like, been. To that that's just that's that's embarrassing. That ballpark. That's like yeah. a little league park. Literally. <laughs> Gotta watch a dual Herrera of all people hitting <laughs> bombs in it's a Philly. Line left field. Oh wait, no, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Thought that was a single. Oh my god! <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh my god! Oh, oh man. god! Anyway, listen, I did a segment on on uh, MLB Bro today. Oh, like, are the Mets cursed? I'm like, yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I've been cursed. I've been cursed my whole life for sure. Tell, tell Rob to cut that the, one up, man. You know, the, the, the 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 best team money can buy in the early '90s with Bobby Bonilla. You know, the the, the late '90s Mets. Right. You know. <laughs> Kenny Rogers of all people walks in the winning run against oh, the Braves man. in Atlanta. Yeah, we've just been cursed. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what we did to win in '86. Like, I don't know if we just did some like real high level Santeria type shit, like we right. blood sacrifice or some shit. I don't know what the hell we did, but we're still paying for it. Like enough. 2015 was enough. cool though. That 2015 yeah, team was fun. That 2015 team. It was fun, good. but look at how it ended. True. Matt Harvey. <laughs> it, look at how it ended. Sprinting you know? out to the mound and then fucking blowing it. I love I love you're getting so much enjoyment. Uh, because that's a microcosm of his career. Oh, like that start God. is a microcosm of his career. That really that was. that's that was the peak. Yeah. That was that the was peak. It. That, that was, was it. That was just that literally was. that's it. And that's the saddest part, man. Is that yeah. guy. Look, look, I know he was a douche and all, but you know, that's the talent that guy had. When that guy was yeah. at his best, unreal. There was an electricity with him and I agree. Just, Harvey Day was real. It's like, sad. It's sad. Yankees, it's sad. Was- it's sad. Like honestly, we we beat him up pretty bad twice. The two times we played him this year against the Orioles, and um, it's just sad to watch the shell of what he is. Just That's like, how I felt about Jabba. He wasn't yeah. as good as he wasn't as good as Matt, but the hype was was there. Yeah, the hype was there, and then you just watch these guys that had so much potential at one point, and they're just like, it's not even. You, you it's like, are these even the same people? Okay. Much the Jabba, know. they messed him up with the Jabba rules. That was yeah, that just that the Yankees did that, but with with um Harvey's got injured. He got hurt. Harvey just he got hurt. He had a yeah. really serious injury, you know. So he got hurt. Can't he just it just happens, but you just picture Terry Collins throwing shit in the dugout after Martin Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's painful memory for you. That's a painful memory for you. But like, oh that's my god, just Matt because you know Terry wanted to take him out, and I have a theory that Familia would have blown the game anyway. No, that's the other thing about it too. Yeah. Familia, Familia yeah. kind of got a bad anyway. rap in that divi- in that postseason, but he was great all the way up into the World Series game one saying, with like, the quick pitch. A, if you get a a a Familia that like is what you thought he would be, or that closer, like the Mets, that that listen, was I trust Familia more than Edwin Diaz. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. But that was a five game series. That game, that series was a lot closer than just like you think five game series. You think four one oh was we close. had a that, lead. That was, Game one, the Mets could have won. Yep. We could have won game. We won game three. We should have won game four and we should have won game five. Exactly. And then you have, and then you have, and then you have the Grom and Syndergaard game six and seven. Come on. Come on. Nothing will ever sting worse than 2006, though. Oh, yeah. Beltran, not even putting the bat off his shoulders. I still have nightmares about about that. (laughs) If there was any play that, for me, was like divine intervention was Andy Chavez. After that, I'm like, oh, they win in the World Series. Like, you can't tell me. After that play, I'm like, you can't tell me anything different. Bro. This is a team of destiny. <laughs> there, there, I can, two times I can recall as an adult, grown ass man that I've cried when it, that hasn't been like loss or right. happiness of my kids being born, marriage, or whatever. Like, it's like, 
the Jets in in 2011 AFC Championship game, losing that game to Pittsburgh. Right. And 2006, the Cardinals. Like, I, the little tears of anger, like, just flowing down my face because, like, we, we were the best team by far that year. You were. And, you know, that was the Jeff, Jeff Supon and the Cardinals team who barely won 83 games beat us. And what's crazy about that, too, is like the two following years, it's like the team forgot how to perform in clutch situations. It's like well, that's that the, well, that's game. Set off like a, a domino effect where the Mets just like collapsed. Well, under that's any what type that, of that's why I feel. That's why you know I get into these arguments sometimes because people think I'm I'm very superstitious when it comes to sports. But I believe in karma. I believe in gods, sports gods, and I feel like sometimes when you have those franchise defining losses, it takes a long time to recover from it. I think the Falcons are going through it now. When you, it's lose, like you forget how to win. Like something, it's, it's just it's, it's just a black cloud over the franchise. It's, it's like trauma. It just, it's, it's a trauma. It's, yeah. It's no, they, no, it absolutely trauma. is a trauma, though. It is trauma. It is a trauma. Like, I, I think the Falcons are never going to win. Like, I think this iteration of the Falcons with Matt Ryan, like, never I, gonna win. They, never. they have to have a completely new team. It has to be the, the next core group. Yep. Is going to win. You know, maybe this group that they have now with, um, with, um, what's his face and, you know, the new coach and the quarterback after Matt Ryan, maybe they'll win. But this iteration of Julio, of Matt Ryan, they're not winning. I went in. It's like what happened with the Yankees in in 03, uh, 04 when they when they blew that series to the Red Sox. Never again. That core done. Well, they won in 09. They won in 09. That was a different core though. That's when they got to share us. That's when they re-upped and changed the core around a little True. bit. True. Uh, yeah. But they still had they still they still technically still had the core though with Posada and Jeter. Yeah, they still still they still they, but I get what you're saying. It was a little bit of a modification of the core for, but someone tell know. me why Bernie Williams was not in the core or whatever. Like you Oh, I right. listen. That pisses me really? off because Are Bernie you kidding me. Bernie, Bernie was a hell of a player, and I'll say this, and I, I say it sometimes to tweet Yankee fans because I I can't stand Derek Jeter as you know, but He's the best um, player, best player on the team. In my opinion, during the peak of those Yankee years, Bernie Bernie Williams was the best player. Agreed, one thousand percent. There's not a player on that team that I feared more than Bernie Williams. What about Tino? Tino, I feared in the clutch. Tino was a good clutch hitter. Paul O'Neill was a good clutch hitter, and he and he gave you great at bats, and he was a warrior. But Bernie Williams, pound for pound, Bernie was the best player on that team. I agree. <laughs> like I always get insulted when they mention the core four, and it's like, how do you leave out Bernie, Bernie? Was, was Posada was so overrated? Was team from like if Posada, if Posada, if Posada played on the Royals, Posada would be a plumber. Like let's be fair, like <laughs> Posada's not fucking that good. Posada had a good couple years. Like he was a good, he's a good player, but but he wasn't even there Posada, in '96. He and he, he was, was like an integral part of the team until like. I mean, I know he's 98, 98. Yeah, yeah, but like it wasn't like if I'm going to list the most important players in 98, Bernie, Tino, Jeter, Brocious, I put over him. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Jeter, yeah. But yeah, the pitching staff, like, yeah. And then it was nice having an offensive minded catcher, but like, come on, like, give me a break. Bernie gets constantly. No, no, no. He gets gets short shifted. You know, he was a switch hitter. Like, he was a switch hitter. He was very good defensively. He was a really good player. He wasn't a great player, but he was a really good player. Won a batting title. Like, Bernie Williams is a really good player. And I think people forget about him. The Hall of of Famers. And that's okay. Like, sometimes you're just going to have really good players that have really good, consistent careers. They're not Hall of Famers. They're not immortals. They're just really good players. That's it. And that's what Bernie Williams is. Like, he'd be in that, he'd be in the top of the list of just very good, consistent players for a 15 year period. That's what Bernie Williams was. That tier of people who don't get into the Hall of Fame, that's where Bernie is for me. Yeah. And and listen, if Bernie played basketball, he'd be in the Hall of Fame because the, the Basketball Hall of Fame lets anybody in. <laughs> <It's> Lou, <true. laughs> Lou Williams would get into the Basketball Hall of Fame. 
Absolutely. Jesus Christ. Lou Absolutely. Williams. Lou Williams will get into the basketball. I'm not shitting you. Like, Lou Williams will probably <laughs> make the basketball Hall of Fame. Him and his hot wings. Right. Uh, shout out to Magic City. Uh, yeah, we're going to move on because I can't talk about the Mets anymore. It just, it just, just literally. And, and as bad as my week was last week, it, 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 what added to it was this stupid Russell Westbrook trade. Oh, my God. Oh, that's Jesus. right. You're a Laker fan. I, I want to hear your perspective on this. Oh, my God. So, well, listen, let's let's get into the Lakers uh, before we kind of hover over free agency as a whole. Um, what can I say? I, I, I'm not excited. I'm not that excited. Like, I don't love this trade. I, I, I thought it was a panic move by the Lakers. Um, I know I I seem to be in the minority now. Be, no, there's a couple of Laker fans that share my opinion about Russell Westbrook. You know the names, but overall though, I feel like I'm in the minority. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, start printing your 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 finals tickets for June. I'm like, uh, okay, I, I guess. Like I, I I'm I I just think it's a poor fit Agreed. from a basketball perspective and. Chemistry perspective, I think it's a poor fit too because Westbrook's a nutcase, and yep. you know we all know LeBron is not exactly a you know a daisy to play with. And then you've got AD out there, you know. I, listen, I I I don't understand why. I mean, I understand why the Lakers did it, but I just cannot, I cannot fathom that you thought that this was a good move for the Lakers. I, I just, I, it, it just felt like desperation on on all levels. And me and you talked about it as the season unfolded, and obviously into the playoffs, and then the, the you know the first round defeat and all that. But I honestly like, and I I definitely know I'm in the minority in this. I think we with a few minor additions and subtractions, I, I would have liked to have kept the core of this team in place. Like, Just listen, add Buddy Healed, bro. That's all you needed was Buddy Healed. I, I think if you add Buddy Healed. You maybe maybe you trade KCP in the Buddy Healed deal, or probably will have to trade KCP in the Buddy Healed. But you add Buddy Healed. I know it's crazy to say, but you know, maybe keep Schroeder on a one-year prove-it deal. Right. You know, re- keep your keep your keep, keep your financial flexibility. Resign Caruso and THT. You still have that athleticism. You still have that defense. I'd rather that than what we did. We just got older, and I know it's a little bit of an unfair day. I. It's an overblown day because, A, we all know that veterans are primarily what work in the NBA playoffs and are primarily the veteran teams are the ones that primarily win championships. Barring, you know, barring exceptions, obviously Golden State was a primarily young team when they won. You know, there there are some exceptions, but for the most part, there are veteran teams, older teams that win championships. So the, the whole the Lakers are ARP Lakers, or it's a little bit overblown because for obvious reasons, veteran teams win. That being said, the Lakers got older. I think they got slower. I don't think they're as good defensively. Um, this team is a big rash of injuries from happening, from being in a bad spot. Like as they probably similar, if not worse, than they were this year. Yeah, and 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 what I what I hate is that everybody just LeBron is the elixir to everything, right? Like, oh, we'll just let LeBron figure it out. He'll figure it out. And I think Colin Cowherd said it best. You know. LeBron is not at the point in his life and his career now where he should be figuring it out. Like this is, you know, you're getting a 36, 37 year old LeBron. This isn't LeBron in Miami. This isn't LeBron in Cleveland. This isn't even LeBron his first year or two in the Lakers. Like this is an older. There's a lot of miles in that body, and you're asking LeBron to, you know, figure it out how to play with Westbrook, how to figure out, you know, how does, you know, where does AD fit in the mix with all this? Like, you know, 
yeah, I, I just thought it was a panic move by the Lakers. I think they, they, I don't think they, I don't think they felt like the, the Kings were dealing in good faith when they were trying to do the negotiations with what he healed. And I think they got desperate and I think they just felt like, okay, well, let's just go out and get Westbrook. And I'm sorry. I'm just not excited. Now, listen, I'll root like hell. It's, I'm, it's going to be hard to stomach because you know, I can't stand Russell Westbrook, but it's going to be hard to stomach. I'm going to root like hell. Hopefully he keeps, he, he's not a headache and he's not, you know, a freaking mental case. But I, I, I just, it's hard for me to envision this right now. Now, obviously, if they get off to a 40 and 10 start and they're just flying on all cylinders, of course, I'll change my tune a little bit. But right now, as we sit August 9th, I, it's hard for me to envision this. How, how is it going to work? How? Like, you tell me, how is it going to work? I mean, I don't know how it works when you have AD, LeBron, and Russell at the same time. Going at the same time, so I, I'm I'm with you. Just just so you know, like I, to me, I think it's a bad fit. I wouldn't have done it. The only thing I could think of, there's two things. One is that non-LeBron lineups were awful. <laughs> like when, Le, when LeBron was not on the floor, the, the Lakers were just bad. They were awful, especially yeah. in the playoff. They were bad. So now you can stagger LeBron and Russell, which I think is what you're going to have to do. They might start together, but you know LeBron gets taken out of the game with six minutes into the game. That's just his rotation. That's what LeBron likes. Right. He plays for six minutes. He gets taken out. Well, now for the rest of the first quarter, you have Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis kind of running alongside each other. And Russell Westbrook is in pretty much command of, of the game. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm not a fan of Russell Westbrook, but I can't deny his talent. Yeah, I'm not denying his talent either. Yeah, I get it. To me, Frank Vogel's just going to find creative ways to stagger LeBron and Russell together, uh, separate from each other. Obviously, they're going to come to a point where at the end of the games, you're going to want to play all three of them. And then you're going to have to figure out what kind of offense to run there. You know, you're going to have teams that are going to be packing the paint because you're going to have AD, LeBron, and, and that's, Russell. That's where the concern is. You know, so it's now, at the end of the game. Right. So now you have, you're going to rely on players like Carmelo Anthony to shoot three, to, to hit the three. You don't have KCP anymore. You didn't pick up Buddy Heald. So THT is not really a shooter. You know, no, you, you he's can a slasher. So if you're, if he's in the game, like you're, you're packing the paint there. Like who are the Lakers really going to rely on to Malik Bunk? Floor? Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, you know. Wayne Ellington can shoot. He's okay. He's he can okay. shoot, but you know, not, it's Wayne. You know, if I if I'm if I'm if I'm on defense, if I'm a coach, I'm still packing the paint and making Wayne Ellington beat me. I'm still making yeah. Carmelo Anthony, who shot the three ball very well last year. I'll give him credit, yeah. but it's not typically a three point shooter. Carmelo's a factor, yeah. But Wayne Ellington, I'm totally with you. Yeah, yeah. he's. But but that's 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 if and only if Carmelo accepts that role of just being a three point shooter like it was in Portland. Because if Carmelo's coming to Los Angeles thinking he's going to jab step, jab step, jab step mid range, then that <laughs> that pain is even more packed and there's no room. So for me, they have a lot to figure out. I don't know what late game lineups Vogel's going to run, but I do mm-hmm. think staggering LeBron and Russell as much as you can is probably the smartest thing to do. But end game, like you have to think about, all right, what's going to be my best five at the end of the game when it comes crunch time to win a game in the Western Conference semis or Western Conference finals? And I don't know what they're going to do, you know, um, offensively. And let's, let's never mind the fact you lost two of your best perimeter defenders, KCP. Uh, Caruso was no joke defensively. A lot of people like to get on him, but Caruso was an energy guy and was good defensively as well. Kuzma, as much as you want to get on him for, you know, um, Offense. I mean, defensively, he was. I thought he was a pretty good defender. I don't know. He was great, but no. Caruso, uh, uh, Kuzma, Kuzma became an adequate defender yeah. this year. Even listen, he be, listen. He's never. I don't get it twisted. He's not Scottie Pippen, but he tries on defense, and he got somewhat better. He did get better. Right. He did improve. But now you you replace that with Carmelo Anthony, who's a defensive liability, like complete defensive liability. Mm-hmm. To me, they they got worse defensively as well. You know, the bench is not yeah. as good defensively. Absolutely. Russell Westbrook, I mean, he's uh, 
Russell doesn't scare me defensively. He he gets steals because he takes chances and he's quick and he, he he might, you know, force turnovers here and there, but on the ball defense in the half court, like Russ is not going to lock anybody up. So for me personally, I, I think the Lakers just kind of, yeah, it, it just feels like desperation and I don't, I don't really get it. I don't get it at all. I'm surprised LeBron signed off on it, to be honest with you. Well, listen, I'm not even going to try to psychoanalyze LeBron at this point. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just, I mean, I showed you that meme of the Lakers defending him when he was on the Rockets. And, you know, I mean, it's like LeBron knows this. I mean, listen, maybe, you know, obviously they, you know, the report was they all went out to dinner and they all said, listen, don't ever believe what these guys say. You know, it's easy in August to say, yeah, kumbaya, we're going to play together. We love each other's moms and, you know, our kids play together and yada, yada, yada. And we go, we go make Costco runs together. Like, that's all great. It's all fine and dandy. Everybody's going to say the right things now, you know, when it's, February, that's a February night off a back to back against the Kings and Russell Westbrook jacks it up there and, and, you know, just an unwarranted three and LeBron's shaking his head at him. Like, yeah, that's where you're going to know, you know, that just, I don't think they fit. I don't think they fit. I mean, you just said it yourself. You know, they're going to have to stagger these two guys a lot of times in these games to make it fit. And that's the, and and when we say by fit, first of all, they're, they're both ball dominant, dominant. So LeBron has the ability to play off the ball more so than than Westbrook. Westbrook can't play off the ball. Like he doesn't give you anything on the offensive he end. That even he can't shoot. He can't even if it's even his slashing ability. You still he's still not exactly a guy that yeah. you want and playing not, off the ball. And you can't cut to the lane because the lane's clogged because you don't have right. shooters. So that's like the other. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing about Westbrook is he likes to play fast. He is a freight train. Go 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 one hundred percent. That doesn't fit with LeBron's style. I know everybody likes has the opinion that LeBron is fat because it's LeBron and he's got these highlight dunks. And he but LeBron used to be able to do that. He doesn't do that right. anymore. He doesn't do that anymore because he's understood. Hey, I'm thirty. I'm thirty six. I've got you know thirty. You know, in his mind, in his body, he's probably got fifty year old legs because you know all the minutes and all the mileage. So he understands I can't do that, especially in the regular season. I can't play like that. And an AD isn't exactly a gazelle out there either. So. How is that going to fit from a basketball perspective? AD, LeBron and AD like to play it slow. Russell Westbrook is going to play it fast. Like, how, how do you get LeBron? How do you get Westbrook to slow it down and play at a contained rate? Every coach has been asking that question since two thousand eight. You can't. No one's been able to figure it out. You can't. You can't. He is what he is. And he's another. He's another year older too. And once his athleticism goes, a lot of people think this is like a very like casual take but to me it's not like once his athleticism goes how is this man going to create for others how is he going to score the basketball this man relies on his his athleticism for everything he can't shoot the basketball he cannot shoot how is he going to create offense once his athleticism goes i'm not saying his athleticism is going to go this year he might have another two or three years in him but like he's another year older (laughs) another year older a lot of more mileage on that body as well he's another guy who's you know always banged up it seems like he's you know it is what it is like yeah, it's it's these things are these things are valid concerns, man. But everybody's kind of ignoring it because again, it's the sexy move. It's LeBron and AD. It's LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook. So everybody's just focused. And then oh, they got Kendrick Nunn. I do like the Kendrick Nunn move. I I, I think that is a sneaky, quiet, underrated move. I like that move. I know a lot of people were Kendrick is a she's a Chuck. Like to me, he I don't know. He, he he he's he's a good player. I think he just never really got opportunities for 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 health reasons mostly. But he never really got opportunities. You know, when he was healthy and he was playing, you know, he was balling in Miami. And then just the health, you know, he got hurt. It really wasn't a factor in, on the on the um, on the championship run. 
And then, of course, this past year, I think he was hurt again and inconsistent and minutes and all that other stuff. Yeah. So, I, listen, I think Kendrick Nunn, if you give him, you know, a team that wants him and gives him an opportunity, I think Kendrick Nunn is a really good player and he can be that good player. And he's got young legs. That's, that's, I, I'm not going to lie. That's part of the reason why I really like Kendrick Nunn, too. He's just young. He's a young body on this team. It feels like we've just gotten rid of all of our young legs, so he's a young body that we can use on this team. Yeah, listen, man, I wish I could sit here right now today and and tell you that, you know, the Lakers are going to win 75 games and are going to march to a championship. Listen, I think we're the most – I think we have the talent to win a championship for sure. I do. I think we do have talent to win a championship. Obviously, you start a season with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, those are two, those are three of the, is it crazy to say three of the 75 best players to ever play the sport? Obviously, we know about LeBron. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, as it's, much it's, as I don't like Westbrook, I can't deny his yeah. acumen. Are, so, yeah. Those are, those are three of the best players to ever play the game. And I'm not yeah. being crazy with AD. I mean, AD's got the talent to be a, a an all time great. Even Mello. No. Even like Mello. I mean, not. Yeah, not even Mello. Obviously, Mello is prime. Howard, obviously, prime Dwight Howard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So listen, the Lakers have the talent, but again, do the pieces all fit? Chemistry wise, are they going to all fit? From a basketball perspective, are they going to all fit? You know, there's a lot of pressure on Vogel to try to figure this out, too. You know, so there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot more questions than there are answers right now. And so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic <laughs> that the Lakers are going to be fine, but I, I I don't know, man. I really don't know. They'll be I, fine I off town alone. I mean, it's just basically Vogel. Up to fig- he has to figure out a lineup at the end of the game that's going to work. And I'm not really sure what that lineup looks like because I, I, the only thing I could think of, I'd rather trust LeBron off the ball and have the ball in Westbrook's hands because you can't have Westbrook off the ball. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to give Westbrook the ball because I've seen what he's done time and time again. With the right. ball in his hands in the playoffs right. and in regular season right. games, to be honest with you, right. I'm not gonna. I, I'm gonna trust Russ, Russell Westbrook when LeBron James is on my team. Like that's insane. And how's and how is Russell Westbrook going to handle that? As the, I, as I mean, the, I think he'll try. I mean, yeah, he'll try. But again, these guys say the right things now. Everybody's gonna say the right things. Everybody's no, gonna be right. kumbaya. Everybody's gonna be the best of friends and all that. Everybody and they'll they'll, they'll give it an honest effort to make it work. Will it? I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's to me another thing I think about too. Like, if this Laker team was healthy this year, I think they're the champions. Um, so, like to me, like we're talking about a team right now that on a healthy year, well, maybe Brooklyn, who knows, but would have made the finals at least at, at the very For least. Sure. For so, sure. this is a team that is it, it. They're right there, if not there already. So, like, we can't sit here and act like you know, they're going to have trouble making it to the Western uh, conference finals. If they're healthy, like it just, it's, can they beat the nets with this team period? Because to me, the Suns had their year. That was cute. <laughs> that was cute. And you that know, even cute. Milwaukee, I don't think Milwaukee's going yeah. anywhere either. Can they yeah, beat Milwaukee. Milwaukee with this team? You yeah, know, can I, they, I still think you the, know. Nets are, the nets are the team that I think right. really to. like we got to right. get better than them. Right. Right. So, right. Yeah. Listen, it's, it's going to be, Listen, as podcasters, it's going to be fun to dissect all year for sure. Oh, hell yeah. uh, it's great for us <laughs> media people. Hell yeah. It's going to be great for us. But, you know, is this something that we're just, is, is it going to work? That's the main thing. Is this something that's going to work? And is this something that we're going to look back on and say, okay, this was a perfect thing. This is a perfect fit. They fit seamlessly in. Someone's going to have to take, and I, and that's another thing too. Can we start with the, oh, well, LeBron was able to play with Dwayne Wade and that was no problem. LeBron was able to play with Kyrie. That was no problem. First of all, it was problems. There, there, a, there were problems, number one. Number two, 
the thing that people don't bring up when they when they bring up specifically Dwayne Wade, somebody had to sacrifice. And that was Chris Bosh. Look at what happened to Chris Bosh. They made Chris Bosh into a spot-up three-point shooter. Look at what happened in Cleveland. They basically ruined Kevin Love's career and made him a spot-up shooter. Is that what's going to happen with Anthony Davis? Like and reputation. Some someone someone had to sacrifice. Someone's role changed. People don't bring that up when they discuss like, oh, LeBron's fit with Kyrie or LeBron's fit with Dwayne Wade. Somebody was able to shift and had to change. And is that going to be the case on this team? Yeah, it has to be. And if it and if it and if it and if it is and if it's Anthony Davis, then it's criminal. Absolutely, like like the the team should be tested. Vogel should be thrown out, thrown in jail if, if he's the one that decides to make Anthony Davis sacrifice his role. It should be Westbrook. Westbrook should be coming into the situation like, okay, I, I need to fit but, in somehow. But that's the thing. I don't know how you do that. He he's not a good enough offensive shooter. He doesn't have that consistent mid range where you say, okay, yeah, I know that the statistics say yeah. he shot better from three this year than KCP. I know that, but. Be honest. Who do you trust? He's like a big. He's he's a big piece of the puzzle. He's a big puzzle piece, but he has a bunch of like different things sticking out. So there's, in order for to make things work, you need a lot of different pieces. And listen, I've always said this about Russell Westbrook. There are times you Russell Russell Westbrook is the ultimate love hate player. You love the effort. You love the energy. This is a guy that plays his ass off each and every night. Russell Westbrook's a guy that's going to go out there. He's going to give you 150%. Russell Westbrook's a guy that on a back-to-back, three nights in a row, you know, Oklahoma City's in town. He's going to go out there. He's going to play 40 minutes. He's going to give you 25 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And you love about him. Now you love that about him. In, a, in an era where you don't get that a lot, he's going to play his ass off, and he's going to give you an honest, professional effort each and every night. That's the and he's gonna and he's gonna he's gonna be a warrior on the court. He's gonna he'd kill his own mother to beat you. You love that about him. The thing that you but the thing but the same thing that you love about Westbrook is kind of the same. A his attitude when it comes to these moments in both season, where he it's like he doesn't know how to slow down the game, you know. And he just it's, it's just he just he he's his own worst enemy in a lot of these these big moments and these big spots. But like I said, the, the, the thing you love about Westbrook is that, but the thing you hate about Westbrook is in, the, in a big postseason game, he can't shoot. He's not a great offensive player, you know, and he's chucking up threes or he's driving recklessly to the basket and he's costing team. He's costing his team his, 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 these games. And, it, and that's what you hate about Russell Westbrook is that he doesn't play a contained style of basketball that is suitable or has proven that can win big in the postseason, and I, 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 by himself or have him as a lead guy. I know he got to conference finals with Kevin Durant. By the way, people who are—that's another narrative. Oh, he he won with Kevin Durant. He's won before he got to a final. Yeah, and that was also Kevin Durant, James Harden. Like people convene. It's just funny how they try to shift narratives to fit whatever. <laughs> and prime Serge Ibaka. People forget who was dirty. Yeah. Him. yeah. <laughs> right. Used to leap out of the gym. Like, stop it. Like, yeah. stop people. Like, listen, it's okay to admit that Russell Westbrook has some serious holes in his game. Like, it, it, it that's not taking anything away from his accomplishments. That's not taking anything away from the, 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 uh, the triple doubles. That's not doing anything. It's just saying, like, yo, this is not a perfect player. Bro, He's I'm not a perfect you, player. Russell Westbrook fans are the alt right of the NBA. <laughs> the alt right of the NBA. <laughs> Yeah, the fucking all right, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god! Listen, oh, goodness. <laughs> you know, remember when Russell Westbrook was better than like Steph Curry and Dave Dillard? I remember that. That was that was cute. Those were fun times. 
I mean, it's funny because it goes like Russ is better than Steph and they they have to concede that because it gets ridiculous. And then it goes Russ is better than Dame and they got to concede that because it becomes ridiculous. And it's just mm-hmm. it just every every so, year it's just yeah. someone else where it's like you got to concede. It's like, all right, he's not better than this person. No, he's, he's not, not better than this person. They'll, they'll have you believe he is, but you know, whatever. But yeah, listen, got Lakers- outplayed by Ricky Rubio. That's yeah, all <laughs> Yet I, yet I yet I get told he's he's better than stuff. But hey, God bless him. God bless him. Um, <laughs> um, free agency as a whole, as we kind of skip away from the Lakers and just talk about free agency as a whole. Uh, what are some of the moves you really liked in free agency? I, you know, this free agency was interesting because I didn't think there was anyone out there who I was like, gotta get him. Like, oh my god! Like, mm-hmm. there was like there were some few big names and whatnot. Um, a lot of people i'm just gonna bring this up because a lot of people like what chicago did i don't really like chicago cool (laughs) lonzo goes i i wanted lonzo as a nick fan i i I wanted him personally and i i think lonzo's a solid nba point guard but he's not a franchise changer i think he's a franchise builder i think you could build upon the acquisition and demar Derozan is all right nice like okay Mm. I, i like what they did i think they're a playoff team now but in any way do i think they're a contender no not at all um, so to me, I, I think it's nice what they did. Like the heat signing PJ Tucker to me was cool. Jimmy Butler. I think they had kind of have an attitude resigning Oladipo, Kyle Lowry, same thing. Like Kyle, how old is Kyle Lowry now? Like, is he going to make that yeah. big of a difference? <laughs> Am I the only one like who thinks that like when he signed to the heat, everyone's like making a big deal out of it. I'm like, yeah, he's nice, but yeah. Cause everybody's in love with names as opposed yeah, to like, like actual fit. And how does this make this team better? Listen, I, 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 it's weird. I'm conflicted with the bulls because it's weird, right? Because we always talk about the NBA, right? Like if you're not trying to win a championship, then you're basically an NBA Siberia, right? You're, you're not, you just might as well just blow it up and try again because you're not, it, it means nothing to, you know, the worst thing you could be in the NBA is either the 10, the, basically the seventh to 10th seed because you're not winning a championship right. and you're not bad enough to get a Cade Cunningham or a Jalen Green. So you're kind of in that NBA purgatory situation where you're just not getting better. You're not worse. You're not getting better. So you're just kind of, you're beating your head against the wall. And that's what Chicago in a lot of ways was doing for the last decade, basically. But we also are sports fans and we always kill fan franchises for not going out there trying to get better, build upon the pieces that right. they have and trying to get better. Right. So that's why I'm a little bit conflicted with Chicago. I think Chicago's better. I do think they're better. Oh, I think they've improved. I like what they did. I, I First of all, you know what I like what, I, what they did? Because they got they didn't just get, aside from DeRozan, which is a veteran, they got young pieces that you could build upon and continue to add pieces to. You have Caruso, who I thought that was a hell of a signing by them. That's, I, I yeah, that was a good pick up on the bench. A lot. Yeah. I, like, I mean, imagine that backcourt defense with Caruso and uh, Lonzo. My God. I mean, as a Laker fan, I, I saw what that could have been. And yeah. that, that's that's going to be legit. Then obviously you still got Levine there. You still got Vucevic there. Two really good players. And then you add Lonzo and Caruso. And then, of course, you add DeRozan. I like what Chicago did. I, listen, or, I, listen. I don't have delusions or grandeur. I don't think this is, you yeah. know, I don't think Chicago. I don't think if you're a Chicago Bulls fan, you should be printing finals tickets right now. No, absolutely not. I think Chicago's a good, solid team. Had, you know what? They're they they can be a Knicks team. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I think forty-seven games. Second, second round is their ceiling. 
if I'm being yeah. honest with you. I mean, I, I honestly don't expect them to make it out of the first round. To me, they're not better than the Nets. They're not better than the Bucks. They're not better than the Sixers still. Right. I, I still have hope in the Sixers. With Ben Simmons mm-hmm. gone, that team's going to run through and beat. So I still think they're going to be okay. The Hawks looks, yeah, just made the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. I'm not ready to put the Bulls over the Hawks. So that's four teams right there. You know, then I'm, I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, all right, Rosen, Levine, Lonzo, Vucevic. Like, how is this? How is this offense going to work? Because that lineup specifically, even though Lonzo is a good defensive player, that lineup specifically isn't a good defensive lineup. No. So it's like you got to score points. So how are they going to share the basketball? You do have a point guard in Lonzo who's willing to give the ball up and distribute the rock. But at the same time, Levine's used to having the ball in his hands. The Rosen plays better with the ball in his hands. Vucevic can kind of play off the right. ball, but he's going to, you're going to, someone's going to have to sacrifice there. I, I, I didn't get the DeRozan. I didn't get the DeRozan acquisition. The DeRozan acquisition yeah. kind of felt yeah. like signing a name for the sake of signing a name. Yeah, I, I didn't so, under I I didn't understand that move honestly. Like I think it's a good pickup. I mean, Demar Demar Derozan is still a really good yeah, player. Yeah. yeah. So to, yeah. to me, I just I, I think everyone's praising the move just because the talents there on the roster. But when I think about it, how it's going to work, to me, it's like I ah, I don't know. Like it's there. We'll see what happens. But like I said, like that that starting lineup and that lineup they're probably going to end with is not particularly good defensively. And outside of Lonzo, you know who's going to play off the ball? I, I Levine. I, I He's used to having the ball in his hands. Vucevic is used to being a first option. DeRozan needs the ball in his – it's, it's kind of like, all right, well, you're definitely going to score some points, but is everybody going to be happy, and how are you going to score those points? Is it going to be efficient? So for me, the Bulls have a lot of question marks. Obviously, they're better. I think they make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're a bad team, but this idea that the Bulls are like going to be this team that you need to look out for to me is kind of ridiculous. I think they're they're solid. They're they're cool. They're like a cool 5-6-7 seed. No, I I agree with you. I, I... I would say I, I agree with your point in theory. Like, yeah, the, are the Bulls a championship team? No. And that, that's kind of the danger of Twitter and the, just what the world we live in now where, you know, any move with a name, oh, this is the greatest move ever, right? Or this is the worst move ever, right? That That's just the level of the news cycle that we live in. I think that when you kind of take step back and kind of take that that approach of like, okay, let's look at how this actually fits from a basketball perspective, chemistry perspective, and all that. Yeah, I'm higher on the Bulls than I than you are. I, listen, by no means am I saying they're a championship team. By no means am I saying they're even a f- conference finals teams. Not, not much less. But I think they're better. I think they're much improved. They yeah. already ha- they have some young pieces there that I like. You know, yeah. I think that they're I think that they're a solid team. They've gotten better. And and that's and that's uh, right now. If you're a Bulls fan, if you're a Bulls fan, you should be excited. Your team yes. is better. Your team is competitive. That's it. Don't don't I start agree. printing up finals tickets. Don't start you know um, you know you know basically saying you know we want Giannis in the buck. Like slow down, slow right. down. Just just build off. They're of not in the upper echelon of Eastern Conference teams. That's the only point that I was making. Right. I, I saw a lot of overreactions on Twitter where it was just kind of like printing out playoff tickets to the Eastern Conference right. Finals. I'm like, relax, <laughs> relax. Uh, yes, the way stealing the, the second round probably out yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. The way you feel about the Bulls is kind of how I feel about the Heat, though, which is crazy. Like, I, everybody's telling me the Heats did this great stuff, and I'm just like, eh? like okay. Um, it's weird, right? Because like, yes, on paper they they're they're better on paper, but I would also say they're older, a lot older, and. Is that still is that like like it's weird like I feel like if this was 1999 I would love this fucking Heat team like <laughs> it's like a gritty physically just imposing dominating like this is like I like I would love this fucking Heat team if this was 1999 or 1997 you know NBA basketball 
eh, now like PJ Tucker's a year older, a year more on those miles. And I, I do think that's a decent pickup for that team, but still. I love PJ Tucker. Yeah, He's one Kyle, of yeah, yeah, I love PJ Tucker as well. I think that is a good yeah. pick, pickup for him. And I'm kind of surprised he went there. I'm surprised he didn't want to stay with the Bucks, or maybe he just, maybe they just felt like they couldn't keep him, and he just wasn't. You just wanted to get one last, one last contract out of income tax in Miami, man. That matters. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Um, Maybe it was just, maybe it was just as simple as that. Um, But I like the PJ Tucker signing, the Kyle Lowry thing. Kyle Lowry. I mean, listen, I I like the guy too, but he's thirty six. He's thirty five, right? Kyle Lowry's thirty. Put it. He's old (laughs) in NBA years. Yeah, can, can he still yeah. can he still be a very good, effective player? Yes, but still, it's Kyle Lowry at, at in his mid thirties. The Victor Oladipo thing, I I didn't understand that resigning. I was just like, okay, we're we're still doing this again. Victor Oladipo, you just can't count on. I do we know right now what Victor Oladipo is going to look like next year? I I don't. I do you well, that's know? That's why they have him I, I on a one year deal. I mean, my assumption is that they sign him for one year if he doesn't look good, or they can they can probably trade him at the deadline to to someone. I, I don't know, but th- that's another thing. Like you sign Lowry, but then you have Oladipo there. So it's like, who's going to get those minutes? You have Jimmy Butler in the back right. already. So who's right. get those minutes? Right. I guess the thing I don't like about the Miami thing is just like, are they basically admitting that the young pieces that helped them get to the finals, you know, last year, or well, two years ago now, almost, you know, um, th- those young pieces are kind of being shifted to the side now. I mean, Wait, I know they resigned uh yeah, Tyler Hero. Oh, boy, that the 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 star the star faded fast. <laughs> Tyler Kendrick Hero. Nunn's gone. Kendrick Nunn Robinson is gone. Is I mean, he's not, he's not an old, he's not the young one, but he's a young one, yeah, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah, Duncan Robinson you know, is the only one that seems like it's going to crack the rotation there. Right. And if I would have and if I would have had that poll, if I would if we would have had a straw poll, you know, just last summer and who's the guy you build long-term with. I think a lot of people would have said Tyler Hero or, or even Kendrick Nunn. I think you would have had some people even give you to Duncan Robinson. I think people felt like he was a shooter. So most people were just like, ah, you can find shooting. But yeah, he he stayed and, you know, Tyler Hero. I mean, where does Tyler Hero even fit on? I'm, and listen, he's not a big, I don't care about Tyler Hero. I'm just saying like that. that's what that's what I found interesting about that is like them basically saying that, you know, that 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 infusion of youth that they had is essentially kind of, you know, it's done. We want to win a championship. So, which I, which I get, I don't know. I just, I look at that team and I'm like, eh, are, are they better than the Nets? No. Are, are they, they better than better the, Bulls? Than the Bu- are they better than the Bucks? No, no. Honestly, if the Celtics are healthy, I like the Celtics. Dude, roster. I, I didn't even mention the Celtics when I was listening to Eastern conference teams. That's another team. that I Everybody is, ki- everybody is killing the Celtics, right? That'll be fine. Everybody. I think the Celtics are a team. I think they're just chilling. I think this is like, look, we're just going to have a quiet off season. Yep. We're going to let our guys get healthy, get rested. I think having a quiet off season, not having the specter of, of, of age and is he going to make a move, not make a move? Is he going to trade a pick, not make a trick? It's just, it's quiet, new coach, new system. You know, Stevens is upstairs. Tatum, this is now, this is your team. This is your franchise. You know, um, Jalen Brown, this is your team. This is your franchise. They got Marcus Smart there who could shift right on into the point guard position. Uh, they've got some young pieces and Robert Williams. And um, you, you don't have to try to force that Kemba fit anymore. Like that's gone. You don't have like, to try yeah. to force it anymore. I think they'll make some small additions. I, I think I think if I was Dennis Schroeder, I'd go there. 
I'd go I there. Want, I don't know if they want him there. But. Well, apparently they're they're negotiating with him. I think they're oh, trying okay. to get him on a one year or one year and an option type of thing. Uh, apparently, yeah. so yeah. If I'm Dennis Schroeder, I'd go there, and I should think that would be a a. a, a, a I like Schroeder. I think everybody's killing Schroeder. I like Schroeder as a player. I know that he's listen. Schroeder is not. He's not a superstar, but on the Celtics, if he's your fourth option off the bench, he's perfect off the bench. He's perfect. He's a spark plug point guard. He's a guy yeah. that comes in. He's a six man of the year type of guy. That's all you need him to do. And honestly, it was just one game. Game five ruined everything. If if he if he wasn't so bad in game five of that series, he would be signed already to something close to what he wanted. Dennis Schroeder is not the reason that we lost that series. No, he's, he's, not. Not. he's not. And even if he played well, it wouldn't have made it effort made a difference because we didn't have AD and LeBron was disinterested. I know that's a hot take, but LeBron was disinterested. Anyway, um <clears throat> so um uh, Sorry, he had an ankle injury. Sorry about that. Um, uh, so, um, you, you know, he was trying to promote Space Jam. But um, so, yeah, listen, I think that the Celtics are still a team that um, I think the Celtics are still a team that has that has a shot in the East. Man. I agree. Like, I, I don't I don't think everybody is writing that team off. I I think losing Evan Fournier because he played well for them. I thought that was a that that was a loss for them. I think they need to replace, you know, him. But other than Next. that, uh Go Knicks, oh, we'll get baby. You, we'll get to your boys. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we'll get to them now. Uh, how do you feel about the Knicks? You know, there's a split. I I, I feel like there's a split. I don't know I about Knicks fans, but I think there's a split amongst the NBA people. But a lot of people I talk to, they think they either love what the Knicks did or they hate it what the Knicks did. I really like what the Knicks did. Um, listen, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm really realist. Again, this team ceiling first round exit, but like a competitive series. It, this team is just not in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. Knicks, Nick fans have to just realize that. We're, this team isn't there. They're just not there. This year to me is to make sure or to continue the culture thing that we started last year to make sure it's a stamp in the ground. We are going to be a perennial playoff team going forward. Nick, the culture has changed. We have players here. Let's ball. I think Evan Fournier was a good pickup, as you saw how he played in the Olympics. I agree. He has he has the ability to I take agree. over a game. In Orlando, I mean, the, the Magic were making the playoffs with him as their leading scorer. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like he's going to make an all-star team, but he's solid. He's a very solid player. Then you got really Kemba Walker, who I haven't given up on, who to me just was in a situation in Boston he didn't want to be in. Yes, he's a little injury prone. He didn't play well at all. I'm not making excuses for that, but to get – him off of a buyout where you don't have to pay him what he was getting paid in Boston. You're paying him $8 million for let's, let's roll the dice. We're not winning a championship this year. Let's see what we have in Kemba. Like to me, I, I think it's great. You know, take some pressure off of Julius Randall, who at times was just like, here, take the ball, go do something. Now you got two players who can do that on their own, who can create. Kept Rose. Yeah. Kept Rose. Kept who can Rose. Now bring up the bench. We have a solid rotate. I can make a case that we have nice nine to 10, man rotation going into the season with a, a rookie draft cast that I, 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 that I like based off of what I've seen and what I know of them. So I like what the Knicks did. You know, at the end of the day, they're not a championship team. They're not going to fight for a championship. As long as they can put forth the effort they put last year, make the playoffs. And I can see improvements where, you know, once the Nets and that trio break up and the Bucks get older or whatever, like we can kind of compete and move our way up here and there. I'm, I'm satisfied. So, and I think they're, I think they're going to do that. So I'm happy. I'm happy with their offseason. Yeah, I think um, I think the Knicks did, did a good job as well. I, I, I don't I can't I, I don't understand the, the lack of love, I guess, that they're receiving for their moves. Um, 
And that's not everybody. There's some people that I know and trust that were kind of on the next like, moves. What were they going to do? There was no free agent on the market right. aside from Kawhi right. Leonard, who wasn't going to sign anywhere outside of Los Angeles that could have right. changed your franchise. There's right. not a single player. Maybe Chris Paul. But outside of that, like, what are you going to do? Why do you want Chris Paul? He's exactly. 39. Like, he's like, I love yeah. Chris Paul. I, I, I'm one of the biggest Chris Paul pa- fans, but, like, I don't want Chris Paul. Like, this, we're a young team that is developing, that is going to have our moment if we play our cards right. Let's just continue to go that way. I, I, I think it. a lot of Nick fans wanted Lonzo. Um, I did. I think a lot of Nick fans. I did. I think a lot of Nick fans still had delusions of grandeur on Dame. They did. They did. They wanted that sexy name, and it's like they feel like Kemba is not a sexy name. At least not right now. They're kind of getting sexy Kemba. To me. <laughs> I but there but there there's almost like a there's there's almost like you're getting damaged goods with Kemba Walker, which could be i think kemba walker is actually going to play well for the knicks i think he's i think he's got something to prove i think he's going to be motivated i think he's going to want to get another big i mean how old is kemba kemba's like 31 32 yeah 33 i'll I'll check let me check yeah kemba's i'm i'm terrible with guys his age but i think kemba's 32 if i'm not mistaken 31 31 yeah so he's not it's not. Sh- I mean, his legs are shot, probably, but he's not. He's not done. Like Kemba Walker's still a good player. That's the frust. I, I, that was the frustrating thing in Boston. Is like he's he had moments and he had bursts of of moments where he was good. I, just the fit in Boston just never worked. It just sometimes you just sign a guy and it just never. It just doesn't work. And that's important. People don't realize that. Like if you're put in a situation where you're not comfortable on the court, you're not going to perform. Like these people are human. <laughs> like not everyone yeah. performs everywhere they go. Like. And, and to yeah. me, Kemba, I think Kemba's going to be fine. I'm I'm thrilled with the signing, especially because we got him after the buyout. We're only paying him $8 million. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, it's it's unbelievable you, we got him at. You're, you're getting him at a bargain. Um, yeah, I think Kemba's going to play well. I think he's going to be back in New York. I think that's also play, plays a role. I think he's going to be motivated. I I think he's... I think he's going to play well. I think he can be a bounce back candidate. Um, you know, you're still going to be concerned about his knees and his legs. And, you know, I, you, you're definitely going to have, he's not a guy who's going to play back to backs. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, you're going to have to be careful with him, but if he's healthy and you get him in the right, you know, medical staff and training staff, I, listen, I, I still like Kemba Walker a lot. I really do. Um, so I like that signing for the Knicks. I thought that was a solid, smart pickup. And like you said, they're not paying him anything. So you, you're literally, it, it's not a risk for you at all for any, any reason. And then I like the the Randall extension. You have somebody, you have a face, you have somebody to build around. He's the guy, yeah, you know. Shaved, shaved off a couple million dollars off the deal too. Like, lock yeah, up early. Yeah, yeah. You still got Quickly there. I think, listen, if you're a Nick fan, you want to see the continued ascension of Quickly and you want to see the continued ascension of R.J. Barrett. I think this is a big year for R.J. Barrett. I think that it's now or never. It's put up time. It's put up or shut up time for R.J. Barrett. You know, he should be working out like a like an animal all year, trying to get better all summer long, working out, getting better, getting in the gym, improving, becoming more of a consistent shooter uh, and a consistent, reliable scorer. Listen, if you're a Nick fan right now, your goal next year is to make the playoffs and see growth and maturation from quickly and Barrett and and, and Mitchell happy. and Mitchell and Mitchell Robinson stay healthy. That too. And I want to see Julius have a nice playoffs, like just to make up for what we did last year. That's it. That's it. Like maybe went around. You know, maybe. Yeah. It, it, listen, you, the Knicks have been so bad for so long that you just want a consistent team that you can root for. That is a good, solid, stable, healthy franchise. That's it. That's all you want for the Knicks. Listen, we can talk about championships and where does this core go, and you know what the future looks like, et cetera, et cetera. You know, maybe year three, year four, but 
right now, you're still building on the success of last year. And I think these moves do that. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm down with the moves. I like um, any other additions that you liked. We'll get to stuff that you really didn't like. Um, I mean, I liked Otto Porter going to the Warriors. I think he's like the Harrison Barnes, like what they, what Harrison Barnes was like to a lesser extent. Obviously I think Harrison Barnes is better than Otto, but Otto can shoot the three. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. I think he kind of gets a bad rap for whatever reason, but I like because of that contract. That contract yeah, that's, was just, that's probably what it was, but I, yeah. I like Otto a lot. And I think that he fills a need for, you know, the Warriors in depth and he can be like, like I said, like that Harrison Barnes. So to me, that was one of the more underrated, uh, signings that i can think of off the top of my head what about you oh man just kind of scouring the league like i said i like what the bulls did i like what the knicks did um trying to think anything else that really stood out to me i don't have the free agency primer i guess in front of me so, so i'm having a hard time thinking but yeah that, that, I, I think there were some decent moves out there um nothing that really was like, oh, that's terrible, or or that's a great. So, like I said, like you said, when we first started this conversation, right? There was there this free agency was weird because there wasn't anybody out there that just kind of like, oh man, you got it. This is the summer of this, or this is right. the summer. Right. Um, you know what? I, I, I like what the Wizards are doing. Yeah, me too. I actually, I actually think the Wizards are a better team this year than they were last year. I agree. I think the the Spencer Dinwiddie acquisition is good if he's healthy. Got to say that he's healthy. Spencer Dinwiddie's healthy. He's a good, solid player. I like teams that are quiet. I, th- I like the aura of the team being quiet. Uh, besides Beal and whether he's going to commit there long term or whatever, I shouldn't. They're not all the way quiet. But I, I feel like there's not a lot going on. I think people are not talking about them. And I actually think they're going to be better. I think they're going to be more stable next year. They're going to be more whole. I think you know you, you can start your roster with Bradley Beal, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell. KCP, Rui Hachimura. Kuzma gets his fresh start. And then I like Kispert, the guy they drafted. Yeah, I, Kispert, Kispert's a good player. Kispert's a good shooter. Yeah. Um, you know, they got uh, Bertans there still. Yeah, right. that, that team's got solid. players. It's a solid team there. That's not a, that's not, you know, I like what the Wizards are doing. I think the Wizards are a solid team. They're a solid team. Obviously, they got to figure out the whole situation with Bradley Beal. Is he staying? Is he going? Is he not? It, that whole drama. But, Listen, if I'm if I'm the Wizards management, I'm selling Beal on look, look at the team we look at the roster we got you right this year. Like unless you're unless you're telling me you're going to the Warriors, unless you're telling me you're going to Brooklyn, unless you're telling me you're going to Boston, where are you going that you're gonna get this group of players? Like, you know, right. I, I think Kuzma I think Kuzma's gonna ball in DC. I really I do. do. I think he's gonna ball. I think Trez is the perfect pickup for that team. A, a dog, you know. I like what the Wizards have done. It's crazy. I, I said that. I put that out there in a group chat and people fried me for it because, oh, God, the Wizards. I like their team. I like their suddenly, roster. Suddenly the East is like kind of interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, there's some death pieces in the East, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that's that's the other that's the other thing that's that's the other team that's kind of been um, sticking out to me is the Wizards. I really like what they've done. I think they've they've really improved their team. So, um yeah, I'd say the Wizards. So what's what's what are the some moves or some and I don't have to use just moves or teams that haven't really done much that you're just kind of like, what the fuck? Uh the Blazers. <laughs> A common theme here are the Blazers. Oh my God, dude. I mean, they've re-signed Norman Powell. Good for you. But outside of that, you get Cody Zeller and 
Ben Maglemore after Damian Lillard is like, listen, I need help. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> and <that's>, yeah. <laughs> Cody, Zell, Cody Zeller's not going to do it for you, uh, Dame? Oh, my God, um, man. What is going on? I It's almost to the point where I feel like Dame, Neil just does not want Dame there. Like, it's, just, it's just like, Dame. I just think... I just think Neil Olshay just doesn't know what he's doing. Like I think he, just, I think you, he, he's just, he's horrible. He's I mean, horrible. I read something today that they offered Hassan Whiteside an offer, and he turned it down. He didn't want to play for Portland, which says a lot to me. Um, they, Hassan they, yeah. Whiteside, Ugh. yeah. So like, if if Hassan Whiteside is turning you down, um, <laughs> you got some problems. <laughs> How did it get? How did it get so but, bad? I, I just, the it, crazy thing about that is, like, like, to your point, it's not like Dame is playing with a bunch of, like, YMCA dudes. Like, Norm Powell's legit. CJ McCollum's legit. Nurkic is legit. Covington's legit. You have a legit starting five. I, right now on the market, if you get Dennis Schroeder as a backup, you get Josh Hart to play backup shooting guard. You, like, I think you can actually turn this into, like, a decent squad. You know what I mean? I don't there's think still they're missing that there. much. I, I yeah. honestly don't think they're missing that much. Like I, I yeah. think there's, I, yeah, I, I don't understand this narrative that the Blazers are just this ragamuffin team that just has they're no not. talent. I, I, they're I not. Think but they are. Yeah. But Neil didn't do them. Didn't do Dame any favors this offseason. So Ben Mclemore is not going to get any playing time. <laughs> Cody Zeller's a nice backup. At best, fifteen minutes a game. Like he's cool. Yeah, but. Cody Zeller's an on a really good team. Cody Zeller's a the ninth man on a team. He'll right. he'll he'll have a, a game in February where Cody Zeller have twenty points and eight rebounds and thirty minutes or something. And everybody's like, oh my god, Cody Zeller had a good game. And then he won't do shit for the rest of the year. Right. Like that, that's who Cody Zeller is. He's a he's a body. He's a body. Cody body. Zeller's he's one, one, one of those guys that'll play in the league for fifteen right. years. Play on a bunch of teams, be a valuable asset in the locker room, be a vet, and that's it. That's all Cody Zeller you is. Take him up in fantasy basketball for the day and hope he gets a double double, and then you right, drop him right. the next day. <laughs> right. That's Cody. Right. Zeller. That's that's it. That 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 is all. That is all Cody Zeller is. Yeah, Port. I feel like Portland and, and Philly are kind of in that same. I don't like what I don't understand what Philly's doing. Andre Drummond, really? That was weird. Yeah. What are you telling me about Embiid? That maybe there's more to that injury. I don't. I don't know. I don't think they'll run an offense around Andre. Andre. Maybe they just wanted. No, like, and that's not what I mean. I mean that. I mean that if you're bringing in a guy like Andre Drummond who could start on twenty of thirty teams or so in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a Drummond fan, but he's a starting center at the very least on most teams, most decent teams in the NBA. Like you're bringing that kind of guy in. What does that tell me about Embiid's health? Not his future, just his health. And we all know Embiid is is a walking ah. medical report. I, I just, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I, I, look at it more I didn't understand like, that. I didn't understand I that. I think Dwight left, and they were just looking for someone to replace Dwight. That, that's how I looked at it. Yeah, but maybe, and maybe this is from a from a from a Drummond perspective. Maybe there just wasn't shoot uh, um, feelers out there for him. Um, maybe who I, knows? I like uh, yeah. Up. I like the Niang pickup. I think he's Niang was Niang was a solid pickup. Niang was a solid pickup. Niang was a he's solid pickup. Floor a little bit. Yeah, he's trying to It's 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 interesting to me to see if they hand the keys over to Tyrese Maxey. I know he's going to be in his second year, but they played really well with him uh, when he was leading the team last mm-hmm. year in the playoffs. So you hand him the keys to the car and say, "All right, you're a point guard now. Let's see what you got." Um, and but then Philly, also, ahead, they got a, they got they have assets coming once once they trade Ben Simmons. So to me, free agency wasn't the spot where they make their move. It's going to be with the Ben Simmons deal. True, but 
if that I'm starting to think they're going to do something psychotic, like not trade him or go into the season with him. If they go into the season with him, that's just a recipe for disaster. I, I just, you can't, you can't. Yeah. I listen. I think that, I think that um, Philly, I think Philly and, and Portland are interestingly kind of in a similar state where they're just kind of in a holding pattern because they don't know what in, in the case of, in the case of Portland, they don't know what Dame wants or is going to do. And in the case of Philly, the whole Ben Simmons situation is just an albatross. So they're kind of just in this holding pattern where it's like, okay, well, let's not do anything too crazy because we have this potential game changer one way or another that can play out on both these sides. So what's going to happen here? Um, so, but that's when you're in a holding pattern, that's, that's, you get a down yeah. for me because it's just not really, yeah. you haven't really improved. Um, no, I get it. I, I don't think um, free agencies where Philly wanted to improve, though. I think they're banking on the Ben Simmons deal. So, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that I, I don't understand what they did or moves that I, I, I don't get. Um, the Mavs did nothing to help Luca. Yeah. The Mavs haven't done anything. That's kind of surprising. That that's really surprising. I don't understand what the Mavs are doing. I I, I don't get Pelicans. What, what are they even uh, help Zion? Like, listen, <laughs> the Pelicans. Why would why do you get Lonzo Ball out of there? Why? What what like I I don't. First of all, apparently now there's this want and desire to have Zion as your point five. They have no idea what they're doing. They they have they, the Pelicans are. The Pelicans are the embodiment of like giving a 13-year-old a fucking Miata and then like here, figure it out. <laughs> like I, I cannot compute, don't know what to do. Drive, drive fast, drive crazy. Crash like, I don't know. And, and then get, they, they crash, crash it. it. And then they get a new one because they crashed the AD one. Right. Hey, here's here's another one. Here's another one. It's it's, yeah. it's just it's it what is that franchise doing? Letting Lonzo walk. They have they're they're throwing darts. Devontae Graham. That's that's your replacement for Lonzo. I mean, I like Devontae Graham, but it's like really that's that's what you're doing. You're not resigning Josh Hart apparently either. Yeah, so much so much for remember when people said that the the Pelicans won the AD trade? Oh my god, I was one of those people actually. I'll be honest with you. Remember that one? I was like, they got a lot. I was like, that's a lot to get for AD. Remember that one? Jeez, that's a bad take. I hope I hope that's not on Twitter. It's somewhere. I'll find it. Um, <laughs> no, it's just it. Yeah, the Pelicans are just this franchise that just you just they just don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just they're just in a perpetual. Just they're like the Kings. They're just stuck in a perpetual cycle of nothingness, and they don't go up. They don't go down. They're just there. They're just there, and they're. <sighs> It's it's so frustrating to talk about the Pelicans because it's like I just don't see the vision. I don't see what they're doing. They have Zion and they have Brandon Ingram. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 it. Yay. And Devontae Graham. Like, that's that's it. Oh, and they got Valanciunas and they got. They'll you know, be honestly, the New Orleans might not even have a team in ten years. At the rate yeah. they're going, they may not have Zion, Ingram, which means they won't have a team. <laughs> Zion's going to be gone. Ingram's going to be yeah. gone, and they're just going to be like. And then it's like if they get the first pick again, like do you really even trust them to. And this and this is why I get so mad about the narratives about like players don't win and they can't do this and you do do that and all this other stuff because it's like 
What is what can you do? Can you really blame Zion for what's going on with the Pelicans? They're no. a shitty organization. They're a yeah. shitty organization. Like they've done nothing. They've done nothing to help this kid. Like you have a once in a generation talent in Zion Williamson, and you've essentially done nothing to help. <laughs> they should him have never fired Gentry. I don't sound. I mean, no. I think they should have fired Gentry. I just think that a replacement with uh, Stan Gundy. Stan was just Stan. Stan is a good coach, but he's he's a coach. He's a, he, Stan is a good coach that was past his time. I don't think Stan works in current NBA. That's it. Fair. You know, yeah. it's just you know, if this was nineteen ninety, if this was two thousand and two, and Stan Van Gundy is available, of course you run at the opportunity to, to to get a Stan Van Gundy, but he just doesn't fit in today's NBA. I don't think so. It was a bad hire. They should have hired somebody else. They should have figured that part out a long time ago. That's why coaching matters, man. Sometimes you know, people. I hate when people say in the NBA, "Oh, coaching doesn't matter." It it matters. It matters absolutely. You think the you think the Pelicans right now wouldn't be in a better situation if they had you know Nick Nurse? And I'm not saying they would have had Nick Nurse or anything. I'm just saying like you don't think they would be in a better situation if they had Nick Nurse, you know, or if they had uh you know Coach Bud. I know everybody wants to throw darts at Coach Bud, but you know. Coach Bud would be Phil Jackson in New Orleans compared to what they've had. What they've had, you know. So sometimes, you know, coaching matters. Coaching matters. So yeah, I don't understand what the Pelicans are doing. I don't. I'm surprised that the Mavericks. They've really done nothing. I can't think of anything of note that they've done besides besides Jason Kidd. I, I can't think of anything major that they've done. I'm surprised they haven't added anybody of of any real nothing. value. Nothing. They resigned Tim Hardaway Jr. Nice. Good. Good. I, I, I like Tim Hardaway Jr. and he fits and he plays well with Luca, but you know, he shouldn't be your number two. Hey, they're gonna they're they're stubborn, man. You know what they've done? They feel you know. I, you know uh, I stand corrected. They feel like they've done a lot. They got they got car they got Carlisle out of there. Now it's Luca's franchise. It's his team. He's got Jason Kidd there, and that's what they've KP. done. They've they've improved. KP. Oh, that's gonna make KP better. Remember, that's gonna make KP better. That's what that's what's gonna happen. You got Jason Kidd there, and as long as he's not giving advice on you know, you know, spousal issues, um, J- you know, Jason Kidd will be fine. Because we saw how that worked out in Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Jason Kidd, that was that was a great hire. Can we can, can we stop making Jason Kidd a thing when it comes to coaching? Like, can we stop that? Can, I, I, can we I that? don't know how this man continues to get opportunities because <laughs> he's like, Jason have, Kidd. That's why <laughs> I, I, it doesn't make sense. Not That's because he's Jason Kidd. I I, I don't care. <laughs> Jason Jason Kidd has all these coaching opportunities and big. It's not like Jason yeah. Kidd's coaching. You know the the Charlotte Bobcats. No, like he's yeah. had. Big time coaching opportunities. Yeah, the Brooklyn and Nets. He's, Aaron Williams and he's and fumbled them. all of them. Giannis. But Patrick Ewing, you mean to tell me Patrick Ewing can't get a coaching job? Yeah, he has blackmail on Adam Silver. I'm freaking convinced. Continue. Patrick Ewing, like no one in the NBA has called Patrick Ewing to give him a job. Literally, you can't. T- you you mean to tell me that Patrick Ewing can't coach? Just give him a shot. Something. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, Mavericks, Pelicans. Eh, I don't think the Jazz have done a lot either. The Jazz re-signed Mike Connolly. They're running it back. Oh, they also signed... Um, who they signed? I thought it was a good signing, actually. Man, who they sign? I forgot. No, I'm try- I, they signed somebody. I'm forgetting about it, too, now. They signed somebody. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to scour Bleacher. Amongst their... 
It wasn't Whiteside. They signed Whiteside, but it wasn't Whiteside. They signed Whiteside, but that wasn't it. They Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay, I like off the bench, who's someone who can create his own shot. I don't like Rudy Gay on a lot of teams, but I like Rudy Gay on this team because they need someone outside of Donovan Mitchell to kind of like go get a bucket. That was okay. Yeah. It was okay. It doesn't doesn't move the needle for me, but it was okay. It was fine. Uh, You like what Milwaukee's done? Um, Yeah, I mean, the champions. I I don't like the fact they lost P.J. Tucker. Uh, Trading for Grayson Allen is kind of interesting because to me, they don't really need anyone on the perimeter like that. I, I especially with that's a so, boomer bust pickup. I I actually think I that's like Grayson. I, I think I I think Grayson's turned into a, a nice pro. I just don't know like where he's gonna get playing time. You know, you got Drew there, and then Divincenzo's coming back. You got Pat Collington in the back. So like, where is he really gonna fit? He's, he I think up, they probably I think they probably view him as a as a higher level Pat Connaughton. I think Pat's better. Hmm. Um, George Hill, Rodney Hood, solid pros. You know, veteran. I actually like that, Ronnie. If he's healthy, if he's healthy, I like Ronnie Hill. He's never, he's never healthy. Never healthy. He was the third best player on that Portland team a couple years ago before he got hurt. There was a Ronnie Hood game where he literally beat the Denver Nuggets by himself. Listen, he he's a good player. He's just never, he's just never healthy. He's all right. Listen, I'm 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 partisan to Duke fans, to Duke, to Duke guys, but no, Ronnie Hood, Ronnie Hood is a Ronnie Hood is a good a good solid player. He's just. Can't stay healthy. That's part of part of greatness is staying on the court. Yeah. So yeah. No, I I I like what Milwaukee's done. I think they've made quiet underrated. I mean, they re-signed Portis, which is important. And I think I think they probably feel like everything PJ gives us, Bobby Portis can give us too. He's not as good defensively, but he gives us that toughness and that physicality, that dog, and he's younger. You know, so I think they kind of feel like they're okay there. And then obviously adding Grayson Allen and George Hill, I think it improves that bench. And then of course they're getting Dante DiVincenzo back too. So I think Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee's set up pretty well here. I really do. I think Milwaukee's going to be okay. Um, are you, you know who I, I'd, I'd be higher on Milwaukee. Who do you think Lou Williams is going to sign with? He signed, he resigned with Atlanta. Did he resign with Atlanta? Okay. I missed yeah. that one. My bad. Okay. I missed that can't, one. He can't leave magic city, bro. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, no, the <laughs> listen, and here I thought that Magic City got all this fame because of rappers and nah, man, Lou Williams. Yeah, nah, Lou Williams Trent put Center. Magic City Magic Lou Williams put the Magic City wing stocks on on full they, overdrive. When I go to Atlanta, I, I am not a strip club guy. Do not care for strip clubs. That's not my thing, but I will go there just to try the chicken wings. Yeah, sure. Josh will specifically just be there for wings. Go. I'm the first guy to go to a Josh, club. To go. Josh is going to be the guy that picks up a Playboy magazine just for their life articles. Yes, it's, it's, I want I want advice. That is why I pick titties up right there. But Josh nope. is going to look straight at the wings nope. in the kitchen five, section. Believe it. Five ways to please your women. <clears throat> hey, you, listen, you're you're just like Pete Alonzo. Believe, <laughs> but just but also know that I'm only going there for. Uh, that's it. I'm wings. only going to Magic City for the chicken, chicken wings. That's it. To go. Oh I'm calling God. in. I'm calling in to go. Um, any summer league stuff that's caught your attention? I haven't really watched much. Quentin Grimes did his first three. I got really excited. Then he missed his next five shots. So I kind of calmed down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the trappings of summer league, man. <laughs> you know, it's like one good game, and people were like, "Oh, I got, like, like, I got I yeah. got Kevin Knox for like thirty seconds." 
yeah, summer league is that's the trappings of summer league, man. These kids play well in these these situations, and you're like, oh shit, and then it's like it's summer league, and they are Kevin Knox, man. Seven, Kevin Knox, we're like 17 baby. years old. Kevin Knox was the next um, Kevin Durant. He was the next Kevin Durant for sure. He was going to, yeah. So I heard. Um, I like Kaminga though. Do you? Kaminga I haven't looks seen him nice. Play. I like Kaminga a lot. Good. I'm happy. He, I'm he, happy. He's 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 still like a claymation of what he can be, but right. he's going to the right organization if they develop him and let him just be. Listen, the Warriors between Moses Moody, Kaminga, and obviously they've got Wiseman there. <laughs> They've got young pieces for the future too, and then they're still good now. And then obviously Clay's the ultimate X factor. Yeah, I think the I think the Warriors are going to be back next year. I do too, man. I do. And too. all that shit about you know the dynasty's dead and buried and ha ha ha. I like the Otto Porter pickup, man. I know I said that before, but I really do. I think he's seen a lot of good pickup. Yeah, Otto Porter. Jalen Green has been playing well at summer league. Uh, Cade had a good debut, 12 points, six rebounds. Nice. Scotty Barnes re- looks really good. Um, Jalen, um, Jalen Suggs played well. I mean, the, your, your usual suspects. Yeah. I don't think anything that's anything. I don't think you've seen anything like, oh my God, from Summer League that is really kind of like, you know, you, there's no Kyle Kuzma's just coming out of nowhere to just completely taking over Summer, Summer right. League. So, that's well, Lamelo, Leangelo Ball, 16 points. Leangelo played well. Um, that was that was something. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to our last big topic of the day. Well, I, I kind of I was going to talk about Cuomo, but I just don't have any energy to talk about that. that well, uh, just one thing about Cuomo. He please uh, just get him out of office. Can we please just get him well, out of well, office? Well, Josh, Josh, he only touches people because he's Italian. Come I, on. I, it's, it's, I, I, I cannot. Stop it. I, it is listen, embarrassing I, as no, a Josh, you're being, No, Josh, I, I, no, I'm going to cut you off, Josh. I'm going to cut you off, okay? Because that's unfair it's to the unfair. great. That, that, listen, that is unfair, okay? Because Governor Cuomo was an angel sent from heaven during covid who are these people who think who, this? Who helped? Who helped us get through the darkest days this country has ever faced the during way, the lockdown last year? The way CNN and, built him up to be the superhero <laughs> was the most annoying thing ever. This is the biggest pos, and like I, I cannot stand him. The I, I fact that this man him. won an Emmy is ridiculous and wrote a fucking book, got a million dollar book deal, as he's literally letting. Old people die yes. in seniors. And that's the part that isn't even getting talked about enough. That part. That's more egregious than touch. No offense to women no. out there. Obviously, no what you're saying. People are. But he look, should be in jail. Yeah. This man should be in jail. I, I Screw like not governor of New York. The man should be in jail for multiple reasons. The man, he's a, he's a, he's an, he's horrible. He's disgusting. And because of people like him, because of politicians like him, like I have to defend myself like. Yeah, I vote Democrat. <laughs> you know I mean? like, he's exactly what like I hate. I hate him. I hate and this him. is and this is why people hate left, right, yeah, partisan exactly. shit because it's like Democrats they couldn't stand Kavanaugh, they couldn't stand well, Trump. You're right, and right. you literally have Andrew Cuomo roaming around your <laughs> roaming around your 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 municipal halls there. I'll say this though: We have people in Congress, and we have even President Joe Biden who's calling for him to resign. Now, so have- Biden didn't at first. Now, 
and but that's that's a democratic part. democratic party reminds me of like the kid in homeroom who like doesn't do his homework and he does it like really freaking quick before the teacher c- comes and collects it then he gets like a d on it like he does it enough where he doesn't fail but they do it enough but they don't do a good job on it like that to me is a democratic party they do it at everything they do it with social justice they do it with any type of law they did it with the eviction thing we're about to talk about it's always like at the last minute the most the, the least you can do that they, they do it that's what the Democratic Party is to me. I mean, but yeah. I'll say this, at least. And they have people like me, like, at least they did it. <laughs> at least they did it. And, and you so, have people like me that, like, no, we shouldn't be celebrating that at least no, they we did shouldn't it. Be. We should be celebrating. No, I know you're not, but I'm just saying, like, we just, like, we shouldn't. No, we need to stop that. Like, it's disgusting. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's disgusting. The man should be in jail. But no, he only touched, he only touched women because he's just, that's how Italians. He's disgusting. That's what they do. They just. They just touch people. Did you, you, you know what I'm going to talk about, right? That was his. That together should be fired. Yeah. Should be fired. Yeah. And forced to eat Dog chocolate. <laughs> Dog shit. Okay. I don't know why I said Dog chocolate. Shit. Like it's a bad thing. You should. Right? Dog shit. Like that, like uh, that kid from Matilda. Bruce. <laughs> who ate the chocolate cake. No, nah, <laughs> man. Like, yo, it, the, the Cuomo thing is just like, it, 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 how tone deaf can you be? How just, how just, it, it just. It's yeah, unbelievable. He's... Like you, you would think these people have PR teams that are like, especially with Cuomo, because Cuomo is going to be a PR nightmare. Basically. Listen, who had a worse week, the baby or Andrew Cuomo? <laughs> the baby. <laughs> <laughs> because Cuomo's not going to jail for crimes that he committed. The baby just said some homophobic crap and that was like, idiotic. he's and suffering like, the consequences of his and, actions. And, 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 and it's like, here, here's a lesson, kids, kids who may watch this show. Here's a lesson, right? You know, it's like if you're going to, first of all, if you do something wrong, just take accountability, apologize, you know, make, take a couple photo ops and move on. Right. You're better off just handling it at the beginning instead of letting it play out. D- 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 come on, baby. Like, seriously, like, uh, just, uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he is writing a book of what not, to, what not to do when you're a public figure when it comes to saying something stupid and homophobic. Not apologizing, then apologizing, then the apology being half-assed, then you losing a bunch of endorsements and money and performances and all that other shit, and then just just looking like a complete idiot. He, yeah, it's fine. His music sucks, so I don't care. <laughs> just to be honest, with you, like he's terrible. So like whatever. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Listen, I think he's a. I think he can rap, but his music's not that great. His his music is very hit or miss for me. Listen, if his the, the beats on his the, on the songs that I've heard sound like they were made in Fruity Loops in five minutes, and that he has a me. very repetitive flow. Yes. There's not much. He has a very repetitive flow, and the problem I have with the baby is he sounds the same on every song, like literally sounds the same. He has the same little. Like he just, I have yeah, not. I haven't listened to rap in like 15 years. <laughs> Because people like, I'm serious. Like once mumble rap, I, honestly, I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of people don't like this opinion, but Lil, Lil Wayne ruined rap for me. Did he? Like, <laughs> Stupid metaphor. <laughs> and then like, it, it was downhill from there. Like it really was. Like, I could not, I can't, I can't do it. For, for 15 years, like Lil Wayne just like, <laughs> like this motherfucker literally side of the alphabet in one of his rhymes and me and my boy Quab, my best friend in college, <laughs> I stand next to two girls who heard him sing the alphabet and go, oh my God, like he's so good. Like he's he's just so creative. It's like he just can rhyme the alphabet. Ruined rap for me. Ruined it. 
<laughs> I know you're laughing, but I'm. <laughs> oh I used to love God. rap. <laughs> He's an alien. Yeah, no. Josh. No, he is. He's an alien. Absolutely. He's an alien. Right. Damn, how do we get to the baby and Little Wayne Rooney? I have no idea. Wait a far left. Listen, Andrew Cuomo's a pervert. He should be in jail. Yes. Uh, that, yes. that goes without saying. Um, I was going to talk about uh, Biden finally coming to his senses with the eviction moratorium. Thank God. Jesus Christ. The fact that this. But listen, Man, I don't want to. I really couldn't do anything, though. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. He couldn't, you know, poor guy. He couldn't, couldn't, Jesus. You know, he had to stay, you know, he had to finish watching his reruns of Matlock. And then, only then, at the final moment, Corey, he looked out, he saw Corey Bush. He's like, okay, let's do something. Okay, fine, fine. Let's let's get this black lady off the street, please. Let's go. Before they arrest her. Before they, before they arrest her or shoot her, and then we have to put out a statement. Let's let's just do something, you know. You know. Oh man! Don't you, don't you know Capitol Police? They're all just racist oh, rednecks man. anyway. But, but um, what, uh, let's 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 be serious here, though. Like, why did it? Why did it have to come to this? Why did it have to come to the last day? Like, this is administration. It's Joe Biden. Like, why are we? Why are we acting surprised? This is Joe Biden. Biden's also, career. It's also like Pelosi. It's also Manchin. It's also like conservative Democrats in the House. I mean, Congress could have done something about it too. Yes, it did not even need to go to a deadline. It didn't even right. need to go to this point. It just it right. should have been done months ago. We're still in a pandemic. I know people like to act like it's summertime and everybody's out partying, me included. Like everybody likes to act like it's over. No, we're still in a pandemic. This is still here. It's, it's it hasn't gone hurting. anywhere. Yeah, people are still people hurting. are still hurting. The, the the economy is still not recovered all the way yet. Like we're we're still suffering the ills of this. So it, like, this idea that like oh we're just you know, we're done. Like, I think we still need another round of stimulus checks. Like, we still need a bunch of things. Like, you know, I'm still waiting for two thousand dollar checks that, that you know Democrats were going to put in everyone's hands. But you know, let me let me not two let things me not that bring up old me about this. One is that to kick the can down the road to October. So you're going to tell me Congress, which is taking like like seven weeks off, aren't they? Like they're about to go on recess for a little bit. Yeah, Congress going on recess has till October third to figure this out. So one that kind of concerns me because now we're going to be the same thing all over again with people being threatened to be kicked out of their homes. And then two, like there has to be some type of rent forgiveness set up with all this type of stuff because a lot of people foregone their rent because they weren't making money. They lost their jobs, you know, weren't able to pay rent, weren't able to put food on the table. And now they're going to have to owe back pay to whatever rent payments they missed out. And a lot of people, especially low income people are not going to be able to do that. So on top mm-hmm. of getting kicked out of their houses, if this thing does not hold up, they're also going to have to owe back pay on rent, which is a really scary thought. So, so for me, I mean, I'm glad this is this i gotta stop using that word glad because i'm not glad but it's a good thing even that is stupid that biden stepped in and whatever extended it but at the same time it's just kicking the can down the road and really nothing has gotten done it's it's, it's typical washington grandstanding yeah. it's like they're just it's kicking they're, they're experts at just kicking the can down the road and just right. letting it keep being a thing instead of actually sitting down put it rolling their sleeves up and fixing the issues right. fixing the problem they don't want to fix the problem because they don't they don't know how to and they don't honestly they don't care to they don't care because it doesn't affect them didn't you know nancy pelosi's got all her freshly imported ice cream that she just stocks up in her freezer and she doesn't give a shit like she's she's oh god i can't stand her Uh, i just like literally i'm sorry this may sound crass and terrible and rude especially in the culture and climate that we live in 
but I've never met a woman that I wanted to punch more than, than Nancy Pelosi. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm just, I can't. Jesus I, Christ, I can't, dude. I can't stand that woman, man. I really cannot stand that woman. Like literally she comes on my TV screen and I just, I, I literally just get ill. Just well, looking she makes at me her. sick too. I, I don't have the the urge to punch her in the face, but I'm not she, going to punch her, and I don't I know, want to punch know, women. I'm just saying. I know, but but it's just. I oh mean, God. to me, Biden. I think if we're going to rank what people at fall here, I think a it's Biden. Obviously, I think president. If you're the president of the United States, like you have to like know that this is coming up, and there's something to do about it. He obviously, it seemed like you know when you don't want to bring something up, and you kind of stay quiet about it, and you hope that it passes by. That's what it seemed like was going to happen. Shout out to Corey Bush because without Corey Bush, none of this would have happened. Um, so gratitude there. For any, um, I think this is what people want to see from the squad. I think a lot of people have been critical of the squad and rightfully so. And I think that they're kind of starting to turn the corner, especially with the way they're handing the infrastructure bill of like being what we want them to be. So to me, this was a good moment for the squad. This was a good moment for progressives. Um, and hopefully they can carry that momentum in the infrastructure bill. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that because I think we've all been kind of waiting for that. Um, but yeah, like Nancy Pelosi and conservative Democrats, man. I mean, we have the house. There should be no reason whatsoever why the house couldn't come up with something here. To, to well, push much of the consternation, pressure. much of the consternation is like people are bringing up the landlords and the effect that this has had on the landlords. And now the landlords are going to be put in a precarious situation because they're still not getting money for however many, but it's like right. people are not, these landlords need to understand that everybody went through the same thing. Yes. You have to pay your bills because you're a landlord and you have bills to pay. You're using this property, whatever it may be, house, rent, apartment building, whatever, to subsidize your income. This is your business just as much. But if people that are in your properties can't afford to pay you, okay, you put these people out, then what? Okay, what do you... What do you you're not getting your money. <laughs> you're not getting your money. This is what these people don't understand. You're not getting your money. Okay, you'll find another group of renters that may want to rent. Great. So you can, because the, the, the belief is that, okay, Josh and Manny are staying in apartments that aren't being paid for because of COVID and the eviction moratorium, yada, yada, yada. Okay, you kick us out and you bring two yuppies or yahoos, whatever in here. And then what happens? The pandemic gets worse. We go through another lockdown. Then guess what? Oh, shit. We're back to the same thing all over again. Right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like it doesn't. The reasoning behind it is so stupid. It's just like it doesn't even make sense to me. But so again, it's just stupid. Been, this all would have been prevented that when the start of the pandemic, the government just paid people to stay home. And <laughs> like this all could have just like been Canada. Avoided. Yeah. But, this you know, all God forbid. But, but no, socialism is bad, Josh. You know, it's, it's, you know, we don't want to be Cuba. God forbid. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because it's like everybody, everybody knows that this is the right thing to do. But yet we're finding reasons and arguments to not do it. But like, where's and I don't. I actually don't know the answer to this question. I think you do. I'm not smart enough. Um, maybe viewers can help us out in the comments. But like, where's the money? Go? Like, there's obviously some money that is being like I wouldn't say dark money. Maybe that's the word. But like, there's a reason. Like, what lobbyists are in these guys' pockets? Like the mansion pockets and cinema, where it's just kind of like, no, we can't. We can't do this. Is that real estate? Yeah. I mean, listen, there's lobbyists everywhere, man. You can't listen. Yeah. There's That's the thing about DC, man. There's so many fucking lobbyists everywhere. Like there's lobbyists littered all over that town, man. So like there's, there's lobbyists, there's big pharma lobbyists, obviously there's, there's 
there's the defense contractors, there's real estate. You don't think real estate got lobbies? These motherfuckers. That's what I'm saying. It's probably some type of real estate lobby where it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's also the thing of like, oh, people living off the government. The 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 the, you know what's the term that they use for it? The 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 freeloaders and things like that. The welfare welfare state, right? Like so, there's that there's that aspect of it too. Don't don't disregard that there's a lot of people that feel like god forbid we give people extra money and unemployment they will never come back to work or god forbid that we give people an eviction moratorium they'll never leave that's not what we stand for as left-leaning people like we elected people in the house to not think that way to make decisions not thinking that way we elected a president to not think that way it's dark money, man. It's dark money. That's my, that, that's my that's my thesis to everything. It's dark money and it's influence. It's the influence and dark money, and they go hand in hand. They're symbiotic, and you know, it's like there's, these there's things. No reason, there's, there's there's no, no conscious reason. reason to leave people homeless. It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Just like there's no reason to not have healthcare, but why don't we have healthcare uh, socialized healthcare in this country? Right. Lobbyist. Dark money lobbyist. Yeah. That's Private and, and privatization of an industry that Private, should be privatized. Right. Yeah, it's all those things, but pretty much just pretty much lobbyists and money. It's, it's, it's yeah. essentially what it all comes down to, and that's the frustrating part. And it's like it's just and, it, and, and like you said, it's just a repeating cycle. Because again, they're going to kick the can down, and then in October they're going to kick the can down to January. Watch, they'll kick the can down down to January, and it's just nothing gets done. And all the while, people are hurting, people are suffering, and the Biden administration has done nothing. They've done nothing. Like let's be honest, no, they've they done haven't. nothing. Biden's been in Biden's been in office now six seven months. He's done nothing. He's done nothing. He's he he can't get this infrastructure bill passed. He's too much. Still, too much with the bipartisan and trying to get Kristen Cinema and the Joe Mansions on board. Like, just stop it already. You have a majority in the Senate. You have a majority in the House. Like, get things done. You're not going to have a better opportunity to get stuff done than now. You're right. still you're still quabbling and you're still you're still quibbling about the the freaking the student loans thing. Like, you haven't even gotten that done. Like, he kicked, kicked that can down the road too. Exactly. And the most in the most in the most galling thing of it all is watching Bernie try to defend it because Bernie's trying to play nice because he's he's the budget chair. He's the, he's yeah. the head of the budget committee. And, I, and, I, and I think like not to defend the squad, but I think that's what they were doing in the beginning. And I think that's starting to turn a little bit because you start realizing like 2022 is right around the corner, man. And, 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 and I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. The Democrats are are going to get their asses handed to them in yes. 2022. I agree. Watch. Watch. A lot of this is also these back to brunch liberals. They're done because the big bad villain Trump is gone. Not going to vote. And they've, it's not going to vote. And another thing is Biden has done nothing. He's done nothing. He's at best stabilized. If that. I wouldn't say he goes did nothing. I mean the the stimulus thing was okay. I mean the child the the, the child tax credit was a good. I think a big thing. The, child, the think, best thing I, he's done is the child. The best thing he's done is the child. Not to cut you off. The best thing he's yeah. done is the child tax credit in Afghanistan. In my book, yeah, child tax credit in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him the stimulus check because the, they they blew that because right. remember two thousand all of a sudden became fourteen hundred. Well, no, no, no. It's four. We no, no, no. Sorry, we meant fourteen and six hundred. No. Right. That's not. No, that's I'm not with you on that. I mean, blew that. that. I'm, I'm not trying to defend Biden, but like to me, it's like, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. You, I, I'm actually agreeing with you here. Like he, he's, he's done. I, I think he got off to what I thought was kind of like a, a start where I was like, oh, he's a little more left than I thought he'd be. But it's, it's come back to the center very quickly 
And I'm not really happy about that. Then, like some of the decisions with the Senate parliamentarian and let, leaving it up yeah. to that, it's just like it's just terrible decisions. I, I just and then Kamala, you, you heard about the stuff that Kamala is like unlike like the worst, the most least popular vice president yeah, in history. And that. she's yeah. yeah, she's just awful. She's terrible. Which is she's actually been very bad for 2024 because that's who they want to hit. You can't. You can't. They. I'm uh-huh. telling you right now, they cannot run her against DeSantis in 2024. She is going to, she's going to lose. She's going to lose. I agree. (laughs) Like, she's going to lose against DeSantis. She's going to lose against Trump. She might lose against any Republican, honestly. That's how bad she is. But that, to me, like, that that should be, like, that should sound insane that Ron DeSantis (laughs) can be president of the United States. But then, but see, but this is the thing that I always bring up. It's like, again, it's not enough to just be better than bad it's not it's not enough the anymore. people in this country shouldn't be voting for bad that's my point like i understand i understand and i know this makes me sound like a democratic shoe or whatever I, I whatever to me like there there is one i have a chicken thing in my, there is one, <laughs> <laughs> there is one, when i talk about kamala it makes me eat chicken fingers it's okay. <laughs> there is one party in this government that is absolutely reprehensible and on the obviously, obviously on the wrong side of history with everything, and that's it's the libertarians. Party. Oh, sorry, never mind. It's, it's, it's the Republican Party. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, although yeah. I don't like the Democratic Party, l- listen, everyone listening who's who who's new to the show, I, I don't like the Democratic Party. I don't. But if there's anyone who represents like, well, you know, lesser two evils, it, it has become me because to me the other option so bad that I can't fathom how anyone with cognitive ability to follow logic about votes for them. Like it's just it's unforgivable for me to to that people even go to the voting booth and vote for them. Like that's how how low I think of them, and how yeah. It, it, like we can rag on Kamala all we want about how she shouldn't be able to lose to a Republican, but like who are these people voting for Republicans at this point? Like it's fucking crazy to me. It's crazy. Yeah. That, no, you're you're not wrong. But then to again, me, that's I always, a bigger problem than Kamala, even though that is a problem. I it think they're 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 both a problem. Just one's yeah, worse. One's cancer. One's diabetes. You just got to pick yeah. and choose. What's your what's your well you <laughs> you want to poke yourself or do you just want to go through chemo? Like it's just it, 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 that's literally what you have to choose from, and it sucks. And I'm in the camp of fuck lesser two evils. Let's fix the problem. Let's address the systemic issues that continuously leave us. Oh, I'm with the same in this same rut. I'm right? with that. But and, to and, me, and, the only even, and even do that. It's to, to make to push the Democratic Party left because they're the only party that we can actually make change in. But but then again, it's hard to push the Democratic Party left when you find out that the establishment has so much party, i.e. Nina Turner. I mean, the fact that that stiff beat Nina last week, that's another it's had a shitty week. Matt's, you know, Nina Turner. That's that's just an awful fucking week. Just awful. Yeah, yeah no, listen, listen, we've had this conversation on the show many yeah. times. I we both know where we stand, and listeners who have been following us from day one, they know where we stand. Obviously, for the new folks, hopefully, you guys got a, a good glimpse of where we stand. Listen, we both want the same things. You have a little bit more of a pragmatic approach to it. I'm not even saying I don't have a pragmatic approach to it, but I'm just like I, I I'm 
I'm just, I get it. I get when people will say like, look, you know, yeah. what is the Democratic Party exactly doing to earn any high merits here? I get it too. I, I always say that I, I understand someone who doesn't vote. I, I totally get it. I know a lot of people are like, well, you you should vote because people fought for it. It's like, yeah, but people also fought for the decision to vote or not to vote. And people have to own your vote. I don't think anyone's entitled to your vote. And I don't think the Democratic yeah, Party does a good job of convincing people to vote for them. So I do agree with you on that aspect. Yeah. What what did the what did the Democratic Party do to convince black people? They basically just said, "Hey, well, we're not two thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, right?" And then all of a sudden, then then all of a sudden, their math was wrong. All of a sudden, they ran out of calculators. That's ah, a chip shortage. Remember, you know, the calculators were not, you know, not. no. It it it's just frustrating, man, because it's like. So many people know what the best thing to do is and just they just refuse to do it because for obvious reasons. And that's just the frustrating part. So, yeah. Um, what's your thought? In, in today's episode of the left eating the left, uh, what's your thoughts on? I don't even know if you follow Tim Black. Do you follow Tim Black at all? No. What happened? Tim, Tim Black had this like, I wish on you Twitter? could find it. I'll look it up. It, yeah. Just you could Google it on Twitter. But he just had this like very weird and odd issue with brianna joy gray and he just started just he just went off the deep end with her like oh she's this basically kind of in layman's terms she's like she's phony she's fake you know you and you you the reason why uh, nina turner lost and yada 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 you were in you were in ohio visiting family instead of like not helping nina turner win because of course it was brianna joy gray that caused nina turner not to win not not the democratic establishment pouring millions of dollars into Sean brown or no no it was it was nina turner it was it was brianna joy gray but it just came it just kind of came out of left field though that's the part that it was it was so weird about it it was just like it just kind of get look it up we probably want time to talk about it or go through it here but i'm seeing it now i see the video for it i haven't listened to it um i mean just based off of what you told me, if he's blaming Brianna Joy Gray for Nina Turner's loss, that's idiotic. <laughs> but that, I, I mean, that's basically summarizing it. It's just like he just blaming. Yeah. He's blaming. But but he's like he, but he's not offering any substantive criticism. He's just kind of like yeah yeah. You didn't like her, so and you didn't return her text message in the group chat, so that's why she like what. What are you talking about? I mean, there, like, to me, there are two reasons why she lost. I think the first one's really obvious is the money that was pumped in for Brown, um, pretty much outspending Nina Turner. But I also think that, and this is something I don't think you agree with, but this is something I say a lot where I don't think our the left the left is as popular as you say it is or people think it is. I don't think our ideas are as popular. I don't think it hits as much as we think it does. I think when people hear Medicare for all, it makes sense to us. And it's, it's, it's a slam dunk, but a lot of people are just like, no, I kind of like my health insurance or I don't mind a public option. Or I don't think Nina's, Nina's message was, you know, getting through to people. And I don't think the progressive message is getting through with people, but I will rebut myself and say that it doesn't surprise me that people were turned off by Nina Turner. Cause even though this is going to sound weird because her opponent was black, but Nina Turner gives off angry black women vibes. And I think, a lot mm-hmm. of people were turned off by that. She's scared. They scare her. She scares a lot of people. Yeah. To me, I think she's powerful. I think she's incredibly like well-spoken and driven and ambitious. And I freaking love her for that. Like, but I think a lot of people looked at that and you know what I mean? Like kind of fell back. Like, I don't know if I want all this. Like she's, she's kind of seems unhinged. <laughs> she's unhinged yeah listen and it's, it's a weird thing saying that because her no it's black, so it's like you it's, can't say it's, it's not a it's but, not a weird thing but there's yeah. racism is a complex thing yeah 
and I and one of the things that really annoys me with racism is that we want to look at it from this like, you know, this catch-all, right? Like all things fit into this racism box when racism is such a multifaceted, multi-layered thing that we'd be here all day discussing the different layers and aspects of it. You know, there's there's black on white racism, there's black on black racism, there's there's colorism. You know, that's that's racism in the in that of itself. Like she's a she's an, she's a dark skinned black woman, angry. You know, she loud. Loud, forceful. She gets her point. Exactly. A lot of people that scares that scares a lot of white people. You know, and and I bring up the I bring up the skin color aspect because these things are they're 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 valid. Like this is not a game. Like you know, there's a reason why light skinned light skinned black people seem more approachable and more palpable for certain sectors of society. And that's it's it's real. And we and this is what we do on the show. We keep it real. Like this is. It's it's real, and do I think that that was the reason? No, no, but the I think color. I, no, but I think no. it played it played into a role. I think you're absolutely right. I think that there is a lot of white people. I think these back to brunch liberals are like, eh, we went more of the Kamala type, right? Where she's going to wear Versace suits and you know just be you know fluffy and approachable, even right. though Kamala is a shitty human being and a shitty person, and she right. treats her staff like shit. If you read the reports you know but they they just find her a little bit more palpable and her story is more palpable right. you know you know it, yeah uh i mean to me like i that that's the one thing that like i've noticed with need especially being on twitter you kind of just realize what people are saying and it's like are you saying that because you don't like her message because her message like she in all her tweets and everything everything's laid out clearly what she stands for and i'm reading these things and i'm like whether you are right populist less populist like democrat republican like there's no way you can't be for these certain like these things are just like like no brainer type things like everyone should have health care housing like rights like i'll find something right now that i can show you but it's it's just like and then you hear her talk and then you see people commenting on like the way she's acting and like just using words like you know loud and just obnoxious or just like you coded words Coded yeah. words that we all know what they yeah. are. It's like, yo, she's a loud black woman. Like, yeah. it's coded. It's like, we know what you, we know what you're saying. Like, like, it doesn't it doesn't feel right, and it's it's hard to accuse someone of being racist because in order for you to prove it, like, they have to say something a racist or b. You have to find like, you got to use reasoning to be like, all right, because they said this, even under this circumstance, it's probably this. It's hard to prove, and even, but like, and even because it's it, it and and just because it may not be racist, but it's racially insensitive. So, which is. Right. In the same vein, so it's so, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I kind of got that vibe. I, it's disappointing I, it, with Nina, man. It's disappointing because it's like um, we really felt like she had, she had a, she had it, she had it there. It was, it was there for her to win. get. You know, I, I thought she was going to win too. The polls showed that she had a really good shot at winning, um, but you really can't underrate. And that's the other thing. The other lesson that I think the last. This is where I disagree with you. I think that. I think the policies are popular. We can differ on how popular, how palpable they really are, but I think that yeah. the policies are popular. I think it's the messenger, and I think that you can't underestimate the power of the establishment. The the, the establishment, when they want to win this shit, and they want, and I know people are bringing up, you know, who Nina picked her head, her campaign, and all that stuff, strategic stuff that she did, and things of that nature. Listen, we can. We can we can debate that all day to cows come home strategic stuff. No one's gonna no one's gonna get into the weeds of that. Yeah, could strategically she could have did some different things. 
whatever, sure. Any any election you can look back from a strategic standpoint and say, okay, we can we could have done this better, we could have did this better, we could have put this better, we could have did that better. That being said, man, I think you cannot ignore that the establishment's just powerful, man. And when they want to win an they want to win an election and they have all the resources at their disposal and Shanola Brown is competent enough to win an election. But then why, why, but my thing is it works both ways, right? Like how come the establishment couldn't stop someone like Trump? Well, it's because Trump's message, whatever the fuck it was, resonated with his whole party. What I'm saying is that for some reason, our message as progressives does not resonate with the democratic party. But, but the also, the other thing about it, and you're right. The one thing you're right about in that, in that summation is that the, the message isn't resonating and it's not resonating is because the left is too divided. Just that's the problem. We don't have a united. You don't have a united front. I mean, I brought up the Tim Black and Brianna Joy Gray thing. I, you know, we talked about it with Jimmy Dore in that video right. last a couple of weeks, a couple of month ago now. But you know, the left is too divided. We're, we're, we don't have a united front on the left right. where it's a consistent message, it's a consistent party, there's consistent faces, and we're all in sync. I'm not saying we agree with everything, but it's a united front. We are left. We are. We are progressives through and through. It's like, no, there's Jimmy Dore progressives. There's, there's, there's Vanguard progressives or whatever. Like, there's just like, there's so many different pockets. And then you have like extreme, you know, democratic socialists and you, and you have this like smorgasbord and immaculation. Different different religions, different genders, just different sexualities. And they're not a monolith and they all have their own agendas and different, they're different um, motivators that that drive them. And and so these things are, these things are true to every, all this stuff. So, yeah, I think the left is too divided right now. And we're not going to truly win powerful seats in Congress or in this government until we finally find a unit. And I know people will get weirded out because, oh, you brought up the media. But the media on the left is a big part of it. The me- the left media is divided, which feeds into the voters and feeds yeah. into even the politicians. That It's just a divided effort on the left. And we don't choose the right fights to fight on the left either. We fight over stupid shit. Like, like, like minuscule, like... Dumb shit. Dumb shit. Tedious bullshit. That is not going to solve anything. Yeah. But, you know, hey, you know, Kyle Kalinske and Jimmy Dore versus Aaron Mate versus TYT in a street fight. Like, why? Why are we having this when, A, we have an eviction moratorium that's coming up that we're not getting. We have a Medicare for All all debate that's still ongoing. Like, we have all these things, important substitutes. We have Afghanistan. We have all these things that are going on. They're in the the sphere of the news. And, you know, they're kind of being pushed in the back burner because, you know, you know, oh, we're mad that somebody said something stupid and now we want to cancel this person or we want to do this or we want to do that. It's just, it's so stupid. It's, it's, it's infuriating. So I don't even, I, I love being a part of the left community. It's weird to say that, but no, it's, it. it's, it's frustrating because it's, and I say this on every show. I, you know, I'm going on the Vanguard this week again and, oh, um, nice. you know, I'm, I'm going to say it again. That's just like, again, until we get our shit together on the left, we're not going to win high, big. You know, we'll we'll have the Cory Bushes of the world. We'll have the great stories and the great upsets and the great wins that come out of nowhere. But a whole movement, you're not going to get it until yeah. we get our shit in line. We start cheering for each other. You know, we, yes, whatever victories. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because you know there is one predominant lefty YouTuber who didn't comment on Cory Bush doing what she did. I can leave up to you to guess who. Um. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say anything. Um, I wonder why. 
Oh, Jimmy. I just did oh, everything Jimmy. you said not to do. <laughs> and then he and then he and then he turned on the Vanguard. I know you were I know you were saying that he turned on them, remember? Yeah, I, I remember I was I was gonna send you that video. Oh, I didn't he, watch he that. On, he turned on them. Why? Because they didn't defend him enough when it came to the whole uh my my point exactly. Oh no, their interview with Ryan Grimm, because they had Ryan Grimm on there and it, it, it's yeah. it, literally my point. Literally my point in the video. I, like the, I just I use Kyle Kalinske as the example. Like literally my point. Didn't defend him enough. Like what is his problem? Like what is his, like what what is your you, you are literally indistinguishable between a Tim Pool and a, and a crazy white wing nut. Go on his YouTube page. I'll say to anybody who disagrees with me, go on Jimmy Dore's YouTube page right now and look at his most recent videos and tell me who he's blasting, who he's criticizing, and who he's trying to embarrass. All left leaning people, whether you like it or not. Or our version of the left of people in the YouTube comments who said, I don't know what the left is. I know what the left is. Okay, relax. <laughs> but it's true. Like he, he, And then when we have victories, like Cori Bush, yes, I get it's kicking the can down the road. Yes, I get it. It's not good enough. Where, where is he celebrating that? Where is he giving props? Yeah, listen, I... <laughs> He's silent. Not to, not to rehash... Not to rehash an old argument, but no, yeah. I get it, man. I get it. Jimmy Dore... <laughs> Jimmy Dore has a lot of issues that I'm on board with him on. I, I don't like his approach at times. I'll be the first to admit I don't like his approach a lot. No, 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 at times, a lot of times I don't like his approach. I think he's, I think he has the the maturity of a five year old sometimes when it comes to these things. He's sometimes. very petulant. Not sometimes, a lot of times, most yeah. of the times, every time. Um, and then I don't care about Jimmy Dore one way or another. I just think again on certain things, but that 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 also goes to the, the unifying thing. It's like on certain things, Jimmy Dore's right on, we need to unite on. Yeah. And listen, treat him with kid gloves, you know, stand at a distance. Unify. That's the problem. Like, he agrees. Jimmy Dore's on our side with the eviction uh, uh, problem, right? One th- there's no doubt in my mind. But when Corey Bush protests and he does everything you've been criticizing the squad for not doing, and she does it, and you're silent on it, and you don't even comment on it, and you still want to rip AOC in the squad for some frivolous bullshit? Like, what am I... Well, then, that, and that tells you that he's he's a leftist, but he's also a media light. And he's trying to sell views, and he's trying to sell... He's trying to get ratings, I, essentially. I that, and what gets ratings? What gets ratings? Shitting on, shitting on the squad. I get it. I, I Listen, I, I get it. And I'm not saying that... I Listen, I'm not saying that the problem is solved. I know it's not solved. Obviously, they take the can down the road. We can be talking in October about how Corey Bush and the squad didn't fight hard enough in October. I'm well aware of that. All I'm saying is that if you really want change to happen, when people are trying their best and when we have people in Congress trying to do things to 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 make change, celebrate that, period, and give them and props. To, and two things can be correct. The squad didn't do enough on Medicare for and force a vote, and they did right. enough, and they, they did just enough here to get right. this at least kick, kick the can down the road. Two things can be accurate. And two things can be correct. And you can, you ki- can and you can kill them for one thing and celebrate yeah. them for the other. You two don't have the ability true. to multitask. Yeah. Two things can be true. You can hate the Democratic Party, and you can also say, you know what? Okay, finally they did something here. You can hate the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, and you can say, okay, this was a nice step in the right direction. You can do both. It's very possible. Kyle Kyle you, Kling, like, and I, and I, I always point to him because he's one of the first YouTubers that I've, I started watching, but Kyle Klinsky does it beautifully. He does. I don't always agree with Kyle Kalinske on everything, but he is someone who you're not going to agree with everybody. Has, me and yeah. you don't agree with everything. Yeah. He has it's okay, principles. and he and he sticks with his principles, and he gives credit where credits due, and he gives criticism where criticism is deserved. Yeah, I'm not That's against. It. Yeah, period. That's it, man. 
All right, we're gonna get up out of here. Hotless long show. A lot of Mets, <laughs> a lot of Cuomo free agency. We did a good, good, good mix there. Good smorgasbord yeah. of stuff. Good stuff. Good you stuff. Know. Yeah. Um, tell the listeners, YouTuber, uh, YouTube audience, everything where they can find you. What you got working on? What you got coming up? Things you're working on? That sort of thing. Before we get up out of here. Yeah, you can follow my NBA podcast, The Dime with Josh Rodriguez, at The Dime NBA on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Josh Rodriguez, at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore right there. You can follow me on all social media platforms. Um, yeah, as of right now, things are pretty quiet because there's our season in sports, but pretty soon I'll be able to announce a few things. So we'll wait for that. Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, you guys know me, the Emmanuel Brown, Manny Brown. You can find me on Twitter right there. Um where my name is at the Emmanuel Brown on Twitter at the Emmanuel Brown on Instagram, Manuel Brown on Facebook, all that good stuff. Of course, if you like what we're doing, if you like what we're, we're, we're trying to do here on any given Sunday, support us, obviously subscribe, like our page, subscribe, all that good stuff. Subscribe to the video, subscribe to the podcast. We're available on all platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, go follow us on or on Twitter at AGS Pod on Instagram AGS Podcast. Also on Facebook, any given Sunday, drop us a like and a follow as well. Yeah, man, definitely. Thank you for the support. Keep supporting us. Drop a review. Let us know how we're doing. Comment on our videos on the comment section. Help us grow, man. You know, I think we're really doing something special here. And uh, you know, if, if it's just a small community of folks that listen to us. Um, great, but we want to grow. We want to expand that out. We want to want to get more people listening and watching and supporting us in any any way, shape, or can. And I stress this, and I'll stress this again. I'll stress a couple things. But a, you're not always going to view with uh, agree with our takes. We're not going to agree with where we're coming from, but trust that we're coming from a good place and that we really, yeah. really, really care not only about the issues but this country and our people and people who look like us and everybody, just everybody in general, but pe- definitely people that look like us and you know, culturally, et cetera. We, we just want what's best for our people and America as a whole. So you know, we know we may not always agree with our takes and we may not agree with the comment section, but just believe that we, we are genuine about the shit that we're saying. And we believe that and um, believe and just know, like Pete Alonso says, but <laughs> no, seriously. Um, and then, then of course, the other thing is thank you for all the support that we continue to get and receive each and every day, every email every dm i get a lot of dms randomly um a lot of dms people telling us that we're doing a great job thank you thank you thank you so much and thank you for supporting listening subscribing all that good stuff without you guys there is no show so i say that every week i'll continue to say it thank you for all the support that we get it's truly 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 appreciated um but yeah go follow us on twitter go follow us on instagram ags pod ags podcast any given sunday on facebook and yeah make sure you go subscribe to the podcast and then also subscribe to the youtube channel as well and um yeah that's it we're done we're out of here um anything else before we get out of here josh yeah good to go man good show yes sir yes sir we'll be back not next sunday but the following sunday with our last show of August. Like I said, we're going to do every other week for the month of August. Just, you know, just to give us a break. I know Josh got stuff working on. I'm working on stuff. So yeah, just to give us a little bit of a summer break in between shows. And then we'll be, we'll be back hot and heavy starting September. When does the season start? Like September 10th? Yeah, September 9th or something like that. So yeah, we'll be back for the NFL season, ready to rock and roll every Sunday. We're still trying to figure out the time 
we're going to do the show on NFL Sunday just because obviously it's Sunday and we've got football games going on left and right. So we'll just, but we'll, we'll get into the particulars and deal with that when the time comes. But all right, I'm done blabbering. I am out of here for Josh Rodriguez. I am Manny Brown. This has been Any Given Sunday, the Monday edition. We are out of here. Peace. Peace.